Hey guys, it's Jared here from Steel Toes and Scoreboards, and I just want to tell you uh, what you're about to hear. Uh, I think is the best episode we've we've ever done. Um, I put a lot of work into this, uh, over twenty four thousand words, uh, over forty five pages of notes. Uh, there's a lot to cover. Uh, some of this, uh, especially dealing with the the tragic end of Kobe's life is some of it might be a little hard to listen to, uh, you know, but, uh, I just want to say, I, I wanted to, uh, keep, I want you all to keep in mind, uh, that, um, we're here to honor the life and career and the legacy left behind of this, this great athlete, this tremendous basketball player, this great human, uh, and I also want to let you know there's a couple of instrumental beats um, we're going to be plugging throughout the episode and using. Um, I don't own any of the audio belong to this. Uh, obviously, it's it's an ins- instrumental. The lyrics have been isolated out of the track, but still, uh, copyright does go with the music too, not just the lyrics. So all rights go to every publishing and record label and artist. Uh, I mean, we used uh, one of my favorite hip-hop artists who was also a great humanitarian in his own right, uh, the late Nipsey Hussle, who was friends with Kobe. And we also used uh, Ice Cube's biggest hit, arguably. Uh, It was a good day. So, like I said, all these rights and and copyrights and everything goes to the estate of Nipsey Hussle and his, his label and his publishing and Ice Cube and his label and his publishing and all the people that associated with it we own none of the music we're not trying to steal the music we're simply using it for this episode to pay homage i think the the fair right copy act of copyright act of 1970 might fall somewhere in here but uh regardless um we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode uh we had a lot of fun recording it i had a lot of fun doing the research because i'm kind of a i'm kind of a geek that way i don't make kurt do a whole lot of research he just kind of brushes up on stuff and watches game tapes and whatnot. But uh, we hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, we will catch you guys later. guys welcome to another episode of uh steel toes and scoreboards is i just made kurt shit his pants <laughs> a little loud a little bit but... oh what's going on brother oh not much i just got down and had some pizza <laughs> yeah getting ready to do a show where, here. Where, where'd the pizza come from uh pizza junction in lagodi wonderful lagodi indiana the thriving metropolis of martin county yeah. Good, yeah. pe- good pizza. Good pizza. Da- hey, oh, I was impressed. Damn good pizza. Yeah. I doubt these people will ever hear this, but uh, shout out Pizza Junction, yeah. Lagoda, Indiana. That was uh, I my fat ass hadn't really had anything to eat all day, so that was that was good stuff. Yeah, pretty good. I devoured about six slices. <laughs> so, 
Uh, how are you, man? Oh, pretty good. Good? Yeah. It's good. I'm, believe me when I tell you that I am happy to see you. Right. I haven't seen you since Tuesday. Right. Uh, yeah, you've been gone from work a couple of days. Yeah. Got a little got a little foot issue. Summer heat and sweat and fat and diabetes, all kind of good stuff there. All yeah. all goes well. I should be back Wednesday, God hopeful. Yeah. So uh looking forward to that. Yeah. All right. Um so let's recap a little bit. Uh last week's episode was uh actually one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I had I had fun. It was good. I mean we've got about there's about nine, ten, eleven episodes up on the page all together and seven or eight of them are all me and you minus a couple solo episodes I did, but I think out of all of them so far, last week was probably one of my top two favorites, 85 World Series. Yeah, it was good stuff. That was damn good stuff. You really came alive in that episode. Uh, I, You're the baseball guru. I can remember some things vividly. Yeah. You know, I remember watching it on TV, of course. You're great, a great series. I was a Dodger fan, number one. But I always liked the Kansas City Royals, too, for some reason. As my American League team, I guess. Yeah. Uh, George Brett, big fan. A- anything Brett. you want to say about Whitey Herzog? Uh, he said, <laughs> I don't know. No, I Boo. Boo. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, today's episode is going to be one that's uh, going to be something pretty special. Uh, I posted on our uh, Steel Toes and Scoreboards Facebook page last night. Uh, Talking about, <clears throat> I cut, I screenshotted the text I'd I'd sent you about the research. So I'm looking at 45 pages of notes and uh, almost 25, 26 thousand words. I put a lot of uh, put a lot of work into this over the last few days. We're gonna cover the uh, the life and career and unfortunate tragic end of life of uh, Kobe Bryant, yep. the Mamba. The Mamba, yeah. Uh, so I mean, a, a, a prodigy, a basketball prodigy, you reckon? Uh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, as we'll say towards the end of the episode, as I look at my format, which you notice every, the last few episodes, I've started doing this. I've wrote out a format for the whole show, and I, you know, the notes are over here on one side, and the formats here. But uh, that's kind of what we're going to talk about at the end is just you know what Kobe's impact is and. Uh, I've been arguing with our boss all week. <laughs> the first two days I was at work, and then the rest of this week when I was off on medical, just uh, about Kobe being on Mount Road. He's not a Kobe guy. He uh, he's not a Kobe guy. Like he he respects what Kobe did, but right. he's not uh, he's not a Kobe guy. And uh, actually, if I scroll back up through my messages here. Um, I know I'm, I'm dragging time here. Uh, he said something about Kobe. Uh, I hate saying, uh, <laughs> time filler. That's all it is. Well, I had it in here. He, uh, oh, right here. Um, he said, I put Kobe and this is quote, shout out our boss. He said, I put Kobe in the same category as Damon Lillard. Can't hit any shot under pressure, not afraid to do so. Badass player, but nowhere near 
a top ten great. Huh. And I don't. Uh, huh. So. Well, how many? He said, uh, "Quote." Kobe's mentality, his clutch, willingness to take any shot at any time, second to none. Actual skill, making his team better, shooting. He's not in my top ten. So, arguable. That's the great thing about right. sports. Right. You can debate. But anyways, we're uh, focused on task here. This is, uh, you ready to talk a little Mamba? Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to start by plugging one of our official, unofficial or you can say unofficial official sponsors. The first one being uh, Glary Music, G-L-A-R-R-Y, Glary Music, Glary Guitars. I bought two acoustics in January. I say that every time. You you played yeah. the one that I bought yeah. for me. Sound good. Uh, a guitar under $100, and it sounds and plays like a $300 guitar. So uh, look them up on Facebook or at glarymusic.com. Give them a call at 606-404-6286. Quality. Um, I can't say, I I can't rave enough about them. I've not seen a lot of people that badmouth them. Uh, I got a three or $400 guitar for like 70 bucks. If you're thinking about learning how to play guitar, that'd be a great starter guitar. guitar, Or if you're somebody like me that kind of knows how to play, but sucks, it's the perfect guitar. It's good. Well worth the money, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. All right, so i tell you what I'm going to do before we get started. Just because I'm lazy. I'm going to move this a little closer over here. There we go. All right, man. So you want to get into some Mamba talk? Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, and I want to preface this before we start by, like I said, I've got, you know, 24, 25, 26,000 words and 45 pages of notes. Some of this stuff was copy and pasted. Some of this stuff was handwritten by me to, and I'm going to start preface, uh, I'm going to start saying this in every episode to the best of mine and Kurt's knowledge, every bit of information that are in these notes that we convey onto the podcast to the best of our knowledge is accurate and true. Right. If it's not, then we apologize. We didn't know about it. I pull information from everywhere on the internet. Wikipedia, which is kind of a catch-all because Wikipedia can be edited by anybody. So somebody could be wrong about something, but Wikipedia is involved with everything nowadays. So, But I pull them from Wikipedia, from Basketball Reference, NBA.com, Lakers.com, Bleacher Report, LA Times, New York Times. I bet you I have... 35 to 40 different sources for all the information contained in these notes, plus what I've personally put in there myself. So that being said, uh, I'm just going to read and I <laughs> we always talk about, I hate reading my notes, you know, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I started this topic or I started this episode right here. And I just want to read this before we get into it. It said, uh, Kobe Bryant, black Mamba legend, champion, hall of famer, goat question mark. Join us today as we pay tribute to the life, times, highs, lows, and career of one of basketball's Mount Rushmore faces. Hot take. Kobe belongs on Mount Rushmore. For sure. So, uh, Kobe Bean Bryant was born August 23rd, 1978. You know where he was from? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. He was the son of Joe Jellybean Bryant, who was an NBA player himself for the 76ers, the Clippers, and fun fact, you know the third team he played for? Uh, no, I do not. Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets. Uh, <clears throat> another fun fact, you know where Kobe got his name from? 
No, I did not. Apparently, his dad had a penchant for Japan, so Kobe was named after the high-dollar cut of meat, Kobe beef. Ah, okay. Weird. Weird. Yeah, you, weird. you always yeah. like fun facts when I give them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's right. Um. So, anyways, uh, in 1984, Kobe's dad, I guess, retired from the NBA, and they moved to Italy. And then he started playing in the Italian league. So Kobe spent a lot of time in Italy, him and his uh, two sisters, uh, older sisters. Kobe was the baby. Uh, Kobe had got into basketball from my research about the age of three or four. His grandmother used to send tapes of NBA players over to Italy for Kobe to study and watch, which I find kind of funny if his dad's playing in the Italian league anyways. but. I don't think anybody would ever say Kobe wasn't a student of the game. So, no, yeah, uh, definitely IQ. They returned to Philadelphia uh, in 1991. Kobe started playing at Lower Marion High School, the basketball team there. They won a state championship four years in a row. Mm. Mm. Stars already being born. Yeah. Fun fact: the rumor mill churns. That during these high school days, he was having secret workouts with the Philadelphia 76ers during his teenage years. I don't know if that's exactly legal or not. I don't, yeah, I wouldn't think it would. I don't know, but he apparently, and that's the rumor mill. Well, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but from what I've seen in some of my research, uh, anyways. And, uh, and he ended up a Laker? Yeah, and his dad was a 76er. Kobe started uh, as a freshman playing in varsity. I mean, he was one of the first freshman varsity players in decades for Lower Marion. Uh, Unfortunately, I think his freshman year, they finished with a record of 4-20, according to my notes. Yeah. but the three years after that, they they went seventy seven and thirteen. With Kobe ended up during times playing all five positions, and du- during his junior year of high school, he averaged thirty one points a game, ten rebounds, five assists, three blocks, and two steals uh, over the course of the season. And they named him Pennsylvania Player of the Year, while on- while he also earned a fourth team Parade All American nomination. This, from what I found out. Earned him a lot of attention from guys like Coach K. Uh, So from Duke and Michigan and North Carolina and Villanova. These were all schools he considered going to. Uh, But then Kobe decided to go straight to high school. Or straight to to the NBA. Uh, But uh, that was because the guy that went straight from high school to the NBA the year before in the first round of the 1995 draft, which was Kevin Garnett. Yeah, yeah. See? Yeah. You knew your shit. You were on me. You were on me there. Yeah. That's who I was thinking it was. But that's the, pretty big decision there, huh? You just go right to the – some people said, he, well, he wouldn't be strong enough. Or, and then LeBron did it in, what, 03? Yeah. You know, thinking about this yeah. Garnett thing, though, that's kind of yeah. funny. You're an 18-year-old man, and you, you, you got He it. was you 17 got at 17, the time. But you got it in you, I guarantee you, to go out there and... You know what's funny it. about this? You know, when me and you always talk the greatest rivalries in sports, 
I always mention somewhere in that top five is always Lakers versus Celtics. The battle these franchises had, and then the later runs in like 07, 08, 09, 10 between the Lakers and Celtics with Garnett on the Celtics right. and Kobe on the Lakers. Just kind of cool. It, yeah. Definitely a rivalry. Um, I got some more information about his high school years, but basically – I'm just going to skip to about the end of it here. His senior year of high school, he led the Aces to their uh he led the Aces to a championship. During the run, he averaged 30 points, 12 rebounds, blah blah blah, kind of stuff we already covered. Uh he ended his high school career as Southeast Pennsylvania's all-time leading scorer at 2883 points, surpassing Wilt Chamberlain and Lionel Simmons. Received all kinds of Awards and stuff for his performances at Lower Marion, uh, Naismith High School Player of the Year, the Gatorade thing, McDonald's All American, First Team Parade All American, USA Today. I mean, I could go on. You get the idea. Uh, Prodigy. This was also a fun fact. Um, I probably should have put a little more research into this. I didn't, but like, like I say, to the best of mine and your knowledge, everything in these notes is accurate. So that's why when I'm not sure, I always do the whole, the rumor mill churns. The rumor mill churned that in 1996, Kobe took Brandy, the R&B singer, to his senior prom. Don't know, but knowing Kobe like we do and what he's become in life and unfortunately now in death, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of famous. His dad was an NBA player, so he's kind of got a little bit of fame. Yeah. Seventeen-year-old uh, Kobe Bryant then made the decision to go directly into the NBA, becoming only the sixth player in history to do so. Uh, this news was met with a lot of press. Uh, he his basketball skills, plus combined with his SAT score of a thousand eighty would have guaranteed him a mission to pretty much any college he choose, although Kobe technically never visited any campuses. So he had offers and attention, but Co- I guess he didn't even bother to go. So take a look. Um, and the rumor mill also churns. I'm not sure what year, but I've seen the pictures online. His high school, Lower Marion, eventually retired his number 33 jersey out of respect for him a few years into his career. That's cool. So, and we go on. A born winner. In every sense of the word. Yeah. Uh, Before the 96 draft, Kobe had worked out in Los Angeles where he scrimmaged against former Laker players Larry Drew and Michael Cooper. And according to then Laker manager Jerry West, he basically ran roughshod over these dudes. (laughs) So... (laughs) And this is Jerry West, and correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Jerry West the guy that's the photo of the NBA logo? It always, it has been. Doyle, setting off camera, is it? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Doyle, who's most likely at this point now. I'm gonna buy another mic and another headphones. (laughs) Doyle's probably gonna become the third anchor from time to time because he helps us so much. So, uh, so now here's the story of uh, Kobe's. Draft and I had a lot of fun researching this, and I, I didn't even remember this took place. So at this time, the Lakers were looking to trade their starting center in '96. Do you know who that was? He's a big time wig now. I think he either owns the Kings or he's a high member of management D-box. for the Kings. 
Who? Vladi Divac. Oh, man. High five, brother. <laughs> Vladi Divac. So they were Lakers were looking to trade their center, Vladi Divac, for players' rights to draft. A f- for players' rights to draft. You know, they're going to free up salary cap space. Uh, they were trying to make a run to get Shaq. Uh, Bill Branch, the Charlotte Hornets head scout at the time, said that the Hornets agreed to trade their number 13 pick to the Lakers the day before the draft. Before the trade agreement, though, the Hornets would had never considered drafting Bryant. During the draft, the Lakers told the Hornets whom to select minutes before the draft. They were adamant they wanted to draft this high school kid out of Pennsylvania, Kobe Bryant. So Bryant was the first guard drafted drafted directly out of high school. After the draft, the trade was put into jeopardy when Vladi Divac threatened to retire rather than be traded from the Los Angeles Lakers. Can you imagine how different history would have been if he would have just, if Divac would have retired? Because that would have blown everything to shit. Kobe would have been playing in Charlotte. Kobe would have eventually been, if he would have stayed, yeah. Been under the rule and thumb of Michael Jordan when he became an owner of the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would have been a little weird, wouldn't it? Didn't uh, Anthony Mason play for the Hornets? Yes. Mason was one of my favorite players when I was a kid. Can you imagine Kobe and Mason together? At any rate, uh, on June 30th, 1996, Vladi Divac decided to go back on his threat, and the trade was made final July 9th, 1996, during the le- when the league's off-season moratorium ended. Uh, at this time, Kobe Bryant was still 17 years of age, so his parents had to co-sign his contract with the Lakers until he was able to sign his own when he turned 18. Bryant signed a three-year rookie contract totaling $3.5 million. So this is a 17-year-old kid. His parents are co-signing. Now, I want, you, I want to put that in perspective for you because just because I can. So in 1996, he signed for $3.5 million over three years. A little over a million dollars a season. In 2021, that equates to $5.9 million. So roughly $2 million a season in today's money. Not a lot of money by today's standards. Which I are, I guess, not a lot of money in those things. But when you're 17, 18 years old, <laughs> off to the races, man. Yep. Cocaine and whores. Yeah. <laughs> I should have said that, but I always think of that YouTube clip. Cocaine and whores, cocaine and hookers. Yeah. Anyway, anyways. We're off to a good start, ain't we? Oh, yeah. This is so much to get through. This is going to be a good episode, bro. High five. So, uh, Kobe played in the uh, summer pro league in Long Beach. You know, he basically, you know, the summer league, he lit him up. He was scoring 25 points in one game, another 20 in another, on and on. 36 points in the final game. He finished with averages of uh, 25 points and six rebounds through four games in the off, in the uh, summer league. And then when the rookie year officially got underway for the 1996-1997 season, he came off the bench behind. And this, I got our boss Adam on. Because uh, always, Adam's got a, it's a running joke between me and Adam. He's got a thing for this guy. Kobe came off the bench behind two guys. Guards Eddie Jones and do you know who the other guy was? Jamal Grover. No. <laughs> Adam, 
You've got a weird Jamal Crawford fetish, but that's not. Adam calls this. I I texted him last night, actually. He called this guy the second ugliest player in NBA history. Uh, Dole, think think about this. Nick Van Axel. There you go. Nick Van (laughs) Axel. Dole, is he really the second ugliest guy in NBA history? I don't remember if he put that in there. I feel like I should Google this because this is this is pertinent information. Let me go back to my chat logs. <laughs> Fuck it, it's my show. I'm holding it up. I'm holding it up. We're gonna look. Did he say who the ugliest guy was? I don't remember. Well, Sam Castle. Sam, <laughs> Sam Castle. <laughs> You know, I took I took the laugh track off the sound pad for this episode because I had to, I had to put the uh, the secret the which I can't drop the secret yet. I had to put the secret button in, but because I didn't feel there's gonna be a lot of laughing. But this might turn say, out to be a lot of humor in this episode Shaq, too. Shaq, Shaq. Adam doesn't like Shaq. Adam likes Orlando Shaq. He thinks all the rest is Hack a Shaq. But Hack a Shaq won three titles with the Lakers and another title with my boy. Dwayne Wade. I love Dwayne Wade. Good God, I've I've loved Dwayne Wade. All right, anyways, getting back on topic. At the time, Kobe became the youngest player ever to play in an NBA game. 18 years and 72 days at the time. A record since broken by Jermaine O'Neal and former teammate Andrew Bynum. A big flop there, Andrew Bynum. Jimmy, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, on the back of everybody else. He was the starting center on the team. Uh, I never was. He was he was just a kid though. I mean, hey, guess what? Put Greg Oden on Le- on LeBron's team or Dwayne Wade's team. Lo- Woo! Greg Oden's got a championship. Well, yeah, very well might. Mine was only eighteen <laughs> I years old. I lo- I, what was that? I just never was a big Bynum guy. I didn't. I didn't. I, I wasn't mean, sold. I wasn't either. Really, Me neither. I mean, it was. I mean, he was doing something big, right. Big things at that age, but it, it didn't last. You know. Well, that's true. He did have a stint with the Pacers there at the end of his career, but. Uh, in Kobe's rookie year, ninety six, ninety seven, he played limited minutes at the start of the season, but as it progressed, they generally started giving him more time off the bench. Uh. By the end of his season, his rookie season, he was averaging about 15 minutes a game. And during All-Star Weekend that year, he participated in the Rookie Challenge, won the 97 Slam Dunk Competition, becoming the youngest dunk champion in history. Uh, and his performance throughout the his rookie season was good enough to earn him a spot on the NBA All-Rookie second, all second Team. Didn't make the first team. Had to put him on the second team. Uh, it says here, and and I never, damn it, that's one thing I forgot to do. I was trying to cram so much research, I forgot to look back at the outcome of every Lakers season, just for reference. But uh, according to my notes here, it says they advanced to the Western Conference semifinals in the playoffs against the Jazz when Bryant was pressed into a lead role at the end of Game Five. Byron Scott missed the game with a sprained wrist. Yeah. Robert Horry got into a fight with Jeff Hornacek, which I love Jeff Hornacek. You know, we gotta we gotta do an episode sometime, or at least a partial covering of that ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight 
Utah Jazz that, <laughs> that faced the Bulls two years in a row because and you had Stockton, Malone, and Hornacek all together. Yeah. And out of those three guys, Hornacek was always my favorite. Yeah, I, I liked Hornacek. I liked Stockton. Good basketball IQ. Fight oh, anybody yeah. on that. Yeah, for sure. Never had to wonder where he was on the court. Always knew what his role yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Shaq fouled out with a minute 46 remaining in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kobe... Did what he does best. Kobe! couple air balls at the end of the game. Jazz won 98-93 in overtime. Lakers got eliminated 4-1. to uh, He missed the game-winning two-point jump shot in the fourth quarter and then misfired three-point field goals in overtime, including two tying shots at the final minute. Shaq commented that Kobe was the only guy who had the guts at the time to take shots like that. So this was back when they were first getting together and Shaq first kind of thought a lot right, of Kobe. Right. Uh, so, I don't know. Shall we continue? Yes. If I can get the computer to work. Can I just take a minute to pat myself on the back for 45 pages of fucking research? Well, yeah, totally. <laughs> wait, wait. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Kobe's second season, he received more playing time, began to show off more of the abilities that we would come to know. Uh, as a result, uh, his point averages more than doubled. Uh, he went from like eight points a game to like 16 points a game. He would see a serious uptick in minutes, uh, which also would feature him playing a lot of small forward in addition to the yeah. two guard. Yeah. Uh, he was a runner-up for the NBA Sixth Man of the Year award in his sophomore season, uh, and he became the youngest NBA All-Star starter in NBA history, joined by teammates O'Neal, Adam's favorite player Nick Van Axel, and Jones <laughs> making the I can't keep a straight face. I did last night, man. I texted him. I was like, hey. I was like, fun fact about Kobe in this episode because I was hyped up, and I said I, I threw some NVE in there. He said, NVE. I said, you know what NVE is. He said, oh, Nick Van Axel, second ugliest player in NBA history. <laughs> I was like, who's the first? <laughs> Sam Castle. Okay, I can see that. Uh, anyways, that was the first time since 1983 that four players on the same team were selected to play in the same All-Star game. Kobe's 15.4, basically I said 16, 15.4 points per game was the highest of any non-starter in the season, um, I really hate this fucking cursor. So, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Then the last time, I mean, last team to have four all stars, yeah, that would have been had to have been. I don't know anybody I mean, since Pistons before that would have had five all stars there whenever they would have around the time they won it in 05, 06. It was, what was it? It was like, oh. 0405, somewhere in there. Uh, yeah, 04, the Pistons, I think, won it, and Spurs, I think, won it in 05. But right you know, the time, they had five All-Stars. The Pistons had five All-Stars. Going back to high school, thinking about that series, and I've said it since day one, you've got Ben, you got the Wallace boys, Ben and Rashid. you got a great team top to bottom. You know what won the Pistons at championship? I've said it since I was fucking 16 years old. I'll say it again. Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups was what won them that championship. Running I will around. die on that hill. I will fight anybody. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Tayshawn 
I think Rasheed Wallace was a big X Factor, though. Fun fact, Doyle. I, I couldn't stand Tayshawn Prince. Well, nobody did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nobody did, but I'm saying he, he did. He talked about somebody who did their job, though. I mean, uh, he really did what he was doing. I used to think Chauncey Billups had ice water going through his veins, man. Dude was killer. Out of Colorado? Colorado, Colorado State. He played Colorado, yeah. yeah. I was one yeah. of two. It was that or State. Yeah. Moving on. He just got hired as a Portland Trailblazers coach. Really? Chauncey Billups did. No way. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, about last night or night before or something. Yep. Uh, good IQ, for sure. Probably that. He played as a yeah, I think he started his career in Boston, Boston Celtics. Oddly enough. Huh. Shout out Chauncey Billups. So, the 1998-99 season, Mark, this is when... The 1998-99 season, Mark, Kobe's emergence... As a true dominant guard in the league. So this is his, what, third season? Third season. Starting guards Van Axel and Jones traded. Kobe became a starter every game for the lockout-shortened 50-game season. I forgot about that. Uh, they were locked out. Yeah. Uh, he signed a six-year contract extension during the offseason prior to this uh, worth $70 million. This kept him permanently in a Lakers uniform until the end of the 2003 2004 season uh and then i have a fun little quote here uh at an early stage in his career sports writers were comparing his skills to those of michael jordan and magic johnson in fact and i quote if you closed your eyes and thought a little bit you might have thought you were watching michael on the court he did everything well beyond well he was exceptional in everything that he did and then we commented, as I recall, on how reminiscent he was of Michael Jordan. Said Celtics general manager Jan Volk on Kobe during a pre-draft workout in 1996. So there they're comparing him to Jordan. Uh, same thing, though. Playoffs were no better. They got swept by Duncan and the Spurs in the Western Conference semifinals. I love Tim Duncan. I I told you I had Tim Duncans in high school, yeah, didn't I? Yeah. Is I love- it? I like that Spurs team. It was pretty. I just think it's cool because David Robinson was the glue that hold that team together. Yeah. He passed the torch to Duncan, and then later, you know, you get Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili together. Ginobili, yeah. Wow. Did they have Spreewell for a while? Latrell Spreewell. I think. At Spurs? No. No? No. You're probably thinking maybe Steven Jackson or. Yeah. Well, where was Spreewell at? Uh, I mean, he was in Minnesota, Golden State, New York, one of those three. Okay. Shout out to our first episode. You know, I'm a web, C-Web guy. Yeah. If him and, if Weber and Spreewell could have got along with management. Yeah. Oh, that kid, Spreewell choked the coach at one time. Yeah. We talked about that. <laughs> Kobe Bryant's fortunes would soon change, though, and improve when Phil Jackson was named head coach of the Lakers. In 99, after years of steady improvement, Kobe became one of the league's top standout players in just his third season, uh, earning appearances in the league's All-NBA, All-Star, and All-Defensive teams. The Lakers became championship contenders behind the center guard combination of Kobe and O'Neal. Jackson utilized the triangle offense that he implemented to win six championships with the Bulls. This offense would help Kobe and Shaq rise to the elite class in the NBA 
three championships were weren't won consecutively in 2000, 2001, and 2002, further cementing this statement and further pushing or further setting precedent of the fact that Kobe Bryant would become the star of the NBA for years to come. Pretty impressive. Uh, so, he's three or four seasons in, and you're really starting to see stuff take shape. I mean, three wins in a row. Three so championships. That's pretty impressive. Dynasty. You know, down here at the bottom of the list, I've got some stuff I've, we were going to talk about at the end, like Shaq without Kobe, Kobe without Shaq, like who really benefited who, you know, did, does Kobe get three of his five championships without Shaq? Mm. Does Shaq get championships without Kobe? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's more likely than the other way. I think Shaq more likely to win around that time than Kobe by himself. Shaq was even if Kobe never had Shaq, Kobe was going to win titles. It was just a matter of how many and when. Kind of like LeBron. Here I go. I, I work fucking, you know, after years of hating LeBron, I'm so on the, Le, the LeBron bandwagon now. After years of me hating that cocksucker, and now I'm. Why did you hate I thought he was a douche. And now I've given him a pass just because of. We're going to have to do a LeBron a tribute just for me. But, uh,. Yeah. Kobe was going to get rings. Whether yeah, Shaq was there yeah. or not, it was just a matter of when and how many. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyways, Kobe was sidelined six weeks prior to the start of the 99-2000 season due to a hand injury that occurred in the preseason. Kobe came back playing over 38 minutes a game, and in the 99-2000 season, he had statistical category significant increases, I put down there. Uh, he led the team in assists and steals. Shaq and Kobe together, backed with a strong bench, led the Lakers to winning 67 games, tied for fifth most in history. They followed with O'Neal winning league MVP, Bryant being named to All-NBA second team, All-NBA defensive team for the first time in his career. Uh, while playing second fiddle to Shaq, though, in the playoff, Kobe had some of the most clutch performances of his young career, including a 25-point 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 block game in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals against the Trailblazers. He also threw an alley-oop to Shaq to clinch the game in the series. And then in a series that broke all of our hearts, the 2000 NBA Finals. Shout out Reggie Miller. Against the Pacers, Kobe injured his ankle in the second quarter of Game 2 after landing on Pacers' Jalen Rose. Years later, fun fact, Jalen Rose would admit to actually tripping and kicking Kobe on purpose because <laughs> Kobe was what? Kobe was dominating him. Jalen Rose admitted he tripped, rolled, and kicked Kobe. Thug. Man, what a thug. There you go. You gotta love that attitude though. Well <laughs> beat him, beat him up. You know, tell you what, I was too young to really appreciate that and remember. I, I I've got a I've got a small vague memory in my mind of of seeing Weber call for the timeout against Duke, but I'm telling yeah, you that coach on the sideline of that that was that a, fucking signals to do that <laughs> that Fab Five team. That, that oh man, Jay, I love Jalen Rose. <laughs> what a 
What an egotistical prick. He later admit like 10 years after this game. So it was like, so it was like 10 or 11 years ago when he admitted it. He came out. He's like, yeah, I intentionally trip rolled and kicked him just because he was dominating me on the court. You can't beat him, beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was guarding Kobe when Kobe scored his 81 points. I know. That's the funny part. <laughs> we'll get to that later. I think Kobe remembered that. I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, and then yeah. could, Dude, the funniest thing ever, for those of you listening, you know, when this goes live, go to go, hop on your YouTube machine and, and Google Jalen Rose, Kobe Bryant commercial. I don't remember if it was an ESPN commercial or where they were, but Kobe's making all these 81 jokes and references, and Jalen's just sitting there with this blank stare like, motherfucker. <laughs> so, uh,. <laughs> Man, we got to get back to this, or we're never going to get through this episode. <laughs> Steel toes and scoreboards, always a good day with us. Uh, so, obviously, because Jalen Rose is a dick, Kobe never came back to the game, and he missed game three due to injury. So, when he came back in game four, he scored 22 points in the second half and led his team to an overtime victory. Uh, as Shaq fouled out of the game, Kobe scored the winning shot to put the Lakers ahead 120 to 118. Uh, and then with a 116 to 111 victory in game six, the Lakers won their first championship since 88 and the first of the Shaq Kobe era. So, wait, I want to do this real quick. I want to hit the secret button. Let me read that again. The first championship since 88 and the first of the Kobe Shaq era. There is nobody that calls Kobe shots better than Kevin Harlan. Like, sorry, Marv Albert, move over everybody. The late, great Stuart Scott, Dan Patrick, move over. Like, Kevin Harlan should be the only one ever allowed to go, Kobe! (laughs) Hot take. Uh, So, moving on to the next season. Statistically, the 2000 to 2001 season, uh, Kobe was about the same, but he was averaging about six points more a game, which averaged out to about 29 points a game. This was also the year when Shaq and Kobe began to have a little tension. Uh, Once again that season, Kobe led the team in assists with five per game. Adam always said Kobe wouldn't pass the ball. Well, Well, hang on. We got all this stuff. Adam, you're all over this episode, bud. You're all over it. So I sent him this clip, and it was uh, Tracy McGrady. Or no, it was it was Kobe throwing the ball off the backboard and dunking it. And it reminded me of the player that I've seen do that so much was T-Mac. And I said, this is pretty cool, but T-Mac do, do, did it better. You know, the, the backboard dunk. And you know what Adam texts me? Our wonderful boss. Shout out Adam Sweet. We love you, dog. Right Jerk. <laughs> he, uh, You know what he texts me back? You know why Kobe threw off the backboard and dunked it? I said, why, Adam? He goes, because he would never pass to his fucking teammates. <laughs> oh. Huh. <laughs> we got a whole uh, lot of stuff to talk about next week. You're going to have to come out and ask me, like, why do you hate Kobe? Yeah. Like, I've never met anybody that hates Kobe. Yeah. He said, I don't hate Kobe, but... Anyways, uh, 
The Lakers only won 56 games that season, 11-game drop from the previous year. Uh, but they would go 15-1 in the playoffs. They swept Portland in the first round. They swept the Sacramento Kings in round two uh, in four games, obviously. Uh, they swept Tim Duncan in the Spurs in the conference finals. And this breaks my heart. They went on to the NBA finals uh, and lost their first game against the Philadelphia 76ers in overtime, but then would go on to win the next four games to bring their second title in two years. And that's always going to be a sore subject for me because how many times have I told you when we're, when we're picking our teams, and I always pick my point guard, who's the guy that I always pick? Star for the 76ers. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no. Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. And it's... The real AI. I love when you say that. You're always, every time, the real AI. What does that mean? That's what's the, what's 2K, the joke? It's a 2K reference, I guess. Is it? Uh, artificial. Intelligence. Uh, yeah. The real AI. Yeah, that's just a travesty that Iverson never got a championship. Yeah. Uh, you never had any help? Never had any help, no. You know, <clears throat> probably the, f- the thing I remember most about their second championship it was actually an Iverson moment, and everybody remembers the image of Iverson stepping over Tyron Lue on the court. Yeah. Doyle, you remember that? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Was that that was the year that the uh, Sacramento Kings were also really good, right? Yeah, yeah, they like, played him in the Mike, second they, round. They should have beat the Lakers in the Western Conference. Who been on that team? Mike Bibby? Would it, Chris it, Webber, Mike Bibby, P, uh, No, Webby had already be gone by then, wasn't he? No, he would just be, he just would have been getting there in O two. Doug Christie. Yeah, okay. Uh, Dole, fact check that. Brad Miller. Get on the Google machine, because now I'm curious. I mean, I know my baby's on team. Yeah, my baby. And if he wasn't, it was... Weber had a done been gone by then. No, Weber was on that team. He was the best player. Scott because Paul, 92, they were he was still in college, and we're talking about fucking 2000 and 2001. Weber... 02, 02 would have been, I thought... This is 2000, 2001. Okay, well... Because the 2001 finals is when they played... The uh, 76ers. Okay, so then who, then they win it again the next year then? They won it in 2002, yeah, which we'll get to that here in a second. Okay, well, 01, the 01 Kings, not the team, the team I'm talking about. The 02 Kings, they had the Lakers beat, I'm pretty sure, in the conference finals. Like, I think they were up, I mean, I think it was like 3-2 or something at one point, and then they ended up blowing up. The Kings did. But a lot of people uh, think that that series <laughs> Everybody's on the Google machine right now, and I'm just like looking at my notes. <laughs> so funny. One of these days, I always say, one of these days, we're going to video an episode to put it up on YouTube. So, uh, Kobe's Kobe's stat line, though, for the 2001 uh, playoffs and finals, uh, he played heavy minutes, is what I wrote in there. Uh, 30 points a game, almost eight rebounds, six assists. Uh, during the playoffs, Shaq declared Kobe to be the best player in the league. So even though they're having what issues, was the, what was the issue between them two? I don't ever. Does it ever? I didn't really spend a lot of time on the Shaq Kobe fallout, but from what I can remember, you got to thank God. In 2000, I was 13 years old, so I'm like 13, 14, 15 years old. All I can remember is. Shaq thought Kobe was a little bit of a ball hog, but yet Shaq was still putting up numbers. Shaq thought Kobe was... Huh? They both needed the ball. That's what it was. 
That's the problem with having a big two, a big three, a big four. How are you going to get all these guys the ball? But Shaq just thought Kobe was an arrogant little prick, and I guess. And uh, in the so now here we go, switching gears to 2001-2002 season. Kobe played 80 games for the first time in his career. On January 14, 2002, Kobe recorded a then-career-high 56 points to go along with five rebounds and four assists in a 120-81 to win over the Memphis Grizzlies. He continued to round out his play, averaging that season 25 points a game, five rebounds, five assists. He had a career-high 47% shooting and, once again, led the Lakers in assists. He claimed his first All-Star MVP trophy after a 31-point performance when he was loudly booed by fans because they were playing in Philadelphia uh, and they were still pissed about the 76ers losing the championship. Um, He made NBA All-Defensive Team again. He was named All-NBA First Team for the first time in his career, so it took him a few seasons. Lakers won 58 games that year, finished second in there you go Dole, finished second in the Pacific Division behind the Sacramento Kings. Kobe Bryant was suspended one game in the playoff was suspended one game after he punched Reggie Miller in the face. I don't remember that. I don't I don't remember that, but I don't either. <laughs> Punch Reggie Miller of Indiana Pacers Reggie after like March first, two thousand two. It's the regular season. Yeah. I don't remember him punching Reggie in the face. I don't remember that either. Huh. The road to the finals would prove to be a little bit tougher. I put in here though. Uh, they swept the Blazers, defeated the Spurs four to one in the first two rounds of the playoffs. They did not have home court advantage though against the Kings for the Western Conference Finals. That would go to seven games. Uh, they were able to beat Sacramento, obviously. They made their third consecutive finals, this time playing against the New Jersey Nets, not the Brooklyn Nets. Kobe averaged 27 points a game, shot over 50% from the floor, six rebounds, six assists, and scored a quarter of the team's points. And at this point, Kobe was age 23 and became the youngest player in league history to win three championships, let alone three consecutive championships. It was his play during this three-championship run that was praised and cemented Kobe's reputation as a clutch player. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. What are you Google machining over there? 2001 season, maybe would not have even been in Sacramento BB came in like 04, didn't he? It, no, it, in between the 01 and 02, like basically 0001, in between that that season and the 01 02, is when BB came in from the Vancouver Grizzlies. I like Mike BB. I, I did too. Uh, yeah. But it says about that series that you just talked about with the Lakers and Kings or whatever, it said uh, that the Kings did have a 3 2 series lead over the Lakers, but went on to lose the final two games that, in what was one of the most controversial playoff series in NBA history. Says game six was the most controversial game of the series with the calls made by the referees and the Lakers won 106-102. But I, can, I actually kind of remember something. I vaguely remember hearing a lot of stuff about that. Uh, anyways. They were cheating. Somebody was cheating. 
Uh, That's always my go-to. Cheaters. Bad. Bad officiating. Chucky, Chucky uh, Brown. North Carolina State. Did he play at uh, Michigan State? Mateen Cleaves? Yep, yep. He's a point guard. He won a championship yeah, there. Yeah, they won a championship in 2000. But his career in the NBA wasn't very long at all. No. Uh-uh. He didn't really have an NBA body on him. All right. This fucking thing. So, to open the 2002-2003 season... Kobe recorded 27 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, and an 87-82 loss over the Spurs. I don't know why I decided to put his stats from the first game of the season. That was kind of dumb. Uh, November 1st of that season, he recorded a triple-double, 33-15-12, and and a 108-93 win over the Clippers. He set an NBA record for three-pointers in a game on January 7, 2003, when he made 12 against the Seattle Supersonics. Supersonics. Yeah. Uh, that record stood for a while until Steph Curry shut it down. Uh, Kobe averaged 30 points per game uh, and embarked on a historic run, posting 40 or more points in nine consecutive games while averaging 41 points a game for the entire month of February. He also averaged seven rebounds, six assists, and three steals per game, all career highs at that point. He was once again voted All-NBA and All-Defensive First Teams, came in third place for league voting in the MVP award. They finished 50-32 and 32 in the regular season, but they got bounced in the playoffs in the Western Conference Final in six games to the eventual San Antonio Spurs, who would go on to win the championship. So for the 2003-2004 to season, the Lakers acquired Carl Malone and Gary Payton to make another push at a championship. Uh, and I have in here, and, I, and I'm going to get to that later, but uh, this was the season where Kobe was arrested for the sexual assault uh, in Colorado, which we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, Kobe missed some games due to court and, and all this other stuff, uh, so his season was kind of eh. Uh, but in the final game of the season, the Lakers played Portland. Kobe made buzzer beater to win the game and the top division title. Um, How does that team lose though? Uh, I'm getting there. With a starting lineup of Shaquille O'Neal, Carl Malone, Gary Payton, and Kobe Bryant, the Lakers were able to reach the NBA Finals. However, they were upset five game in five by the Detroit Pistons, who won their first championship since 1990 with the infamous. Bad Boys team. Yeah. yeah. Bill Lambeer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got audio on one of these. Rick on, I've got audio on one of these episodes where I point blank looked you in the face and told you Bill Lambeer would make Shaq cry. Shaq <laughs> was bigger. Lambeer was more psychological. Yeah. Bill Lambeer would have fucked Shaq up. If anybody could, it would have been Bill Lambeer. I don't know. Larry Bird is such usually a, a fairly calm, collected individual. Shaq's overall size was just 
The, oh. the, the rumor mill was Larry Bird was going to have somebody hold Bill Lambert in the parking lot. Larry was going to run a knife all the way up and gut him. I mean, that's <laughs> rumor mill. I can't prove that. That's just right, rumor right. mill. Yeah, that's the that's the Orange County and him right there. You don't think, you don't think Shaq could have just backed Lambert down every time and like he did I everybody think he else? I tried, but Lambert Lam- definitely dirty. That whole team, I mean. Let Bear would name in the sack. Was definitely not like basketball like. Right. See, this is what I think of, and and you know what? Cover your ears, folks. This is sensitive. I don't give a shit. Lambeer would have need Shaq in the nuts. Probably would have made a racial slur, and then told Shaq to go have his mommy rub some ointment on his sore stones, and then Bill have been like, "Oh wait, your mom's in my hotel room waiting on me." <laughs> That's Bill Lambeer, is it not? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd say, is it not? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, like, I just, I just love the old school physicality. Things have changed. You know, I'm not saying the game's got right. softer; it's got I mean, more athletic. But Shaq it's, was just so big, though. I mean, he'd be hurting guys and not aiming to hurt guys, just just because well, he was. When you're like seven foot eight and you, you got arms on you like an elephant trunk, and your nickname's Diesel. <laughs> Man, what a force, though. He was a force. Lambeer would have mopped the floor with him. <laughs> Hot take. Hot take. Uh, so, at this point, uh, after the 2004 season uh, and getting bounced, uh, Phil Jackson's contract as head coach was not renewed. Anybody want to take a guess who took over for him? Uh, I don't even fucking remember this guy, and I should because I was in high school. I don't even fucking remember this for Jackson after the 2004 season. Uh, Rudy. Rudy Tom Jonovich. Rick Edelman. Rudy Tom Jonovich. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look at Kurt Kelly go. <laughs> I've heard it now. Uh, Shaq got traded to the Heat for Kernan Butler, Brian Grant, and who? Anybody? Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom. Before he was passed out in brothels 10 years later. I mean, he's bought a boxer now. That guy's lucky to be alive because when they found him drugged out in that brothel house, they made it seem like he was going to be on life support. Well, see, he wouldn't be drugged out if they just make brothels legal everywhere. <laughs> Hot take, ladies and gentlemen. Make brothels legal in the United States of America. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, f- absolutely. Oh, my God. Also, <laughs> <they're> repute. <laughs> you know what? Dole's an integral part of this team, but you know what I've realized? When it's just me and you at my house or here, Dole's not, we fly through these episodes. When Dole's here, fuck it, send it. We're dragging it on. We're cutting up. We're adding a little humor. Well, Got to have that entertainment it, factor. Yeah. Hey, just one more time for the Steel Toes and Scoreboards listeners. Dole, when you become president of the United States, what's your first order of business there? Or one of your first orders? You were going to make what legal nationwide? <laughs> Not the sticky icky, folks. The other one. What was that? Well, that should be long legal by then, but the brothel, I mean, brothel. <laughs> I mean, fucking dead. There's got my vote. Brothel. Okay, so. Let's... <laughs> oh, my God. Let's fucking move on before we never get to that point. Kurt, um, I figure I should, I think I should 
plug a sponsor. I mean, I don't know how many we're going to have left after this. But <laughs> yeah. Let's try to at least stick to my to my format somewhat. Uh, Dear30mineral.com. Look them up on Facebook. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> every guy loves them. Yeah, big a, rack, a big rack. Dear, right. 30, Dear 30 Mineral, 1671 Progress Drive. They're uh, fairly local, based in Madisonville, Kentucky. Uh, they've got a Facebook page. They've got a .com website. Give them a phone call, 270-339-7731. Uh, guaranteed huge racks on your bucks. I got some pictures, I'm sure. Oh, but, yeah, I've know. seen them on the website. Yeah, shout out to the Perfect Stand Boys. Uh Dalton Knowles and uh, Zach Denu, perfect stand guys, uh, big supporters of uh, Deer 30 Mineral and use their products. Uh, their clock stopper uh, foil uh, foliage is some of the best stuff around. Uh, less sodium, more nutrients, and uh, at the end of the day, especially for your bucks, uh, huge racks. So uh, everybody needs a good food plot for their stands. So Deer 30 Mineral, deer30mineral.com. Probably the last time I'll probably get a cease and desist after this episode. Brothels need to be legal. We are 58 minutes and 30 seconds in and not even a fucking quarter of the way down. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up the sound of the lawnmower through the mics. No, I'll this motherfucker, I'm buying a mic and headphones. He's just, fuck it, he's coming on. He's coming on. He's done. We're about to go to a three-man format. And we're about to go to brothel, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get past the brothel part. Well, you know. Fuck, I need a fucking lucky strike. We're a fucking perfect business model, though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, everybody. Win-win, yep. <laughs> okay Dole, Dole we got I, I would love to talk brothels well, maybe we'll save that because at the rate tonight's going we'll be done about one and I'm going to turn them on fire up a bonus episode so let's save the brothels for that. Kobe was scrutinized I have written here during the 0405 op season with his reputation badly damaged from all that had happened with the rape case in the previous season and the exit from the NBA Finals. Uh, Kobe was able to save face a little bit. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, coach, former coach Phil Jackson called Kobe Bryant uncoachable in his book. So Phil's running his mouth. And new head coach midway through the season, Rudy. Tom Jonovich. Resigned as Lakers coach, citing health problems and exhaustion. The rumor mill churned. Kobe was uncoachable indeed. I call bullshit. Uh, without Tom Jonovich, uh, f- assistant coach Frank Hamblin took the ran took the reins and was unable to really right the ship. However, Kobe looked professionally uh, at the top of his game. He was the league's second leading scorer. He averaged twenty seven a game, but was surrounded by a, a pretty piss poor supporting cast for the o four o five season. Uh, the Lakers went 34 and 48 and missed the playoffs for the first time in a decade. Uh, he was demoted all the way down to all NBA third team, which I guess the silver lining is at least he still made an NBA team. So, 
and it was also during the season that Kobe engaged in some pretty public feuds with Carl Malone and Ray Allen. So that was the highlight of the 0405 season. Uh, to start the 2005-2006 season, Kobe's career, by all intents and purposes for my research and what I can remember, uh, 05-06 was my senior year of high school. So what I can remember about that and the ESPN every morning, Kobe was kind of at a crossroad. He had differences. Despite past differences, I should say, Phil Jackson returned to coach the Lakers again. Kobe was all for it. Uh, and by all intents and purposes and the public eye, they had kind of patched things up. They worked together the second time around. The Lakers got back into the playoffs. Kobe's individual scoring accomplishments resulted in the finest statistical season of his career in 05 and 06. Uh, on December 20th, 2005, he scored 62 and three quarters against the Dallas Mavericks. Impressive. Uh, entering the fourth quarter, Kobe outscored the Mavericks 62 to 61, the entire Mavericks team. So, uh. <laughs> wait. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> I love it. Wait, one more. One more. Kobe! Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was my surprise for this episode was the Kobe button. Kobe. I like it. Uh, <clears throat> so, when the Lakers faced the Miami Heat on January 16th of 2006, Kobe and Shaq made headlines by engaging in handshakes and hugs before the game, kind of letting everybody knew everybody know that uh, this dissension and feud between the two of them was over, or so we thought, because... Shaq would continue to run his mouth for years. Uh, and then Dole, do you want to Dole? You want to come over here real quick to Minor Kurt's mic because I'm going to let you go ahead and I don't. You don't even have to read this. I'm just going to let you uh, talk about this since you were talking about it before. The what? Just come here. Oh boy, I was already up my yard. <laughs> no, not yet. You weren't. You can stand over here close to my mic or Kurt's mic. Uh, January 22nd, 2006. What happened in that game? Uh, I think Kobe scored 81 against Raptors. In a 122-104 victory, he broke the previous franchise record of 71 set by Baylor. His 81-point game was the second highest in history, surpassed only by... Will Chamberlain. And Chamberlain scored how many? Supposedly, a hundred. Dole, do you want to talk about what you remember about this 81-point game since you were going on and on about it before we turned the mics on earlier tonight? I mean, there's not a whole lot to remember about it other than Kobe was just a walking bucket. I mean, that was the second <laughs> half. I mean, I think he had, I'm not for sure how many in the second half, but I think it was over 40. I mean, over half of them in the second half. I mean, I think maybe three-quarters of the points came in the second half, you know, so he just went in – Mamba mode, you could say, I guess. 81 points. Jalen Rose is guarding him, so. <laughs> Jalen's like, son of a bitch, here we go. Like four seasons yeah. later, kicking and tripping and rolling him, come yep. back to bite me in the yep. ass. Karma. Is I guarantee you, that's what that was. Kobe remembered. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd say, say absolutely, yeah. 
There's no doubt about that. Yeah. That's funny any way you look at it. Um, let me see. Get back to my notes here because I've got a whole paragraph on that game. Uh, let's just skip down. The same month, so this would have been January of 06, Kobe became the first player since 1964 to score 45 points or more in four consecutive games, joining Wilt Chamberlain and Elgin Baylor as the only players to ever do so. For the month of January, Kobe averaged 43.4 points a game, eight highest single-month scoring average in NBA history. By the end of the 05-06 season, Kobe set Lakers single-season franchise records for most 40-point games in a season, 27. He had 27 of them. And most points scored, 2,832. He won the league's scoring title for the first time ever by averaging 35 points a game over the season. Yeah, that's crazy there. Yeah. He finished fourth place in the voting for the MVP. Anybody know the guy that beat him in 05-06? A guy that does not have a championship, I don't think. Phoenix Suns star. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Yeah, because he got, he shouldn't have won that over Kobe Bryant. There's no way. That was one of those things where if the Suns had won, maybe had a better record or whatever. So they that NBA MVP, that shit there is not even. And I put this in here because this was a small change, but it was just big to me. From it to me, it was the difference between being a kid or a preteen and being a teenager and an eighteen year old at. Later on, at the end of the 05-06 season, Kobe reported he was going to change his jersey number from 8 to 24 for the start of the 06-07 season. Kobe's first high school number was 24 before he had switched to 33. So, uh, Kobe Bryant stated on TNT he wanted to wear 24 as a rookie, but it was unavailable because George McLeod wore it, as was 33. Retired with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kobe wore 143 at the Adidas camp and chose eight by adding those numbers. And in the first round of the playoffs, the Lakers played well enough to reach a 3-1 series lead over the Suns, culminating with Kobe's overtime-forcing game-winning shots in Game 4 that came within six seconds of eliminating the second-seeded Suns in Game 6. However, they lost that game 126-118 to in overtime despite Kobe's 28 points per game in the series. The Lakers broke down and eventually fell to the Suns in seven. After scoring 50 points on 20 of 35 shooting in the game six loss, Kobe was criticized for only taking three shots in the second half of the 120-90 game seven loss to the Phoenix Suns. During the 06-07 season, Kobe was selected to his ninth All-Star appearance, and on February 18th, he logged 31 points, six assists, and six steals earning his second All-Star Game MVP trophy. That trophy is now named after Kobe Bryant. It is. That was That's covered. I got that wrote down later to cover that out of respect for him when he passed. So, uh, Let's see. He didn't here. have a whole lot of help around that time. No. Hence the uh, 35 points per game stuff. And he getting criticized for only taking three shots. That's because the people that were taking the shots weren't very good, I don't think. I think Pau Gasol ended up coming in to save the day, maybe that next year. He got suspended for, you know, somewhere in March against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden for a flagrant foul with uh, Marco Jarek. Jarek. 
I don't remember that guy. Anyway, uh, flagrant foul. Anyways, just a bunch of random season notes here. March 16th, he scored a season-high 65 points in a home game against the Trailblazers, which helped the Lakers stop their seven-game skid at the time. Second best performance of his scoring performance of his career. The following game, he recorded 50 points against the Timberwolves, after which he scored 60 points in a road win against the Grizzlies, becoming the second Laker to score three straight 50-point-plus games, a feat not seen since Jordan did it last in 1987. Uh, the following day in a game against the New Orleans-Oklahoma City Hornets, I remember that brief run. Bryant scored 50 points, making him the second player in history to have four straight 50-point games. He finished the year with a total of 10 50-point-plus games, uh, surpassed only by Wilt Chamberlain. He won his second straight scoring title, and throughout the 06-07 season, his jersey became the top-selling jersey in the United States. Um... So then I have wrote in my notes here, and this is a quote directly from me. So at this point, it can be argued that losing Shaq hurt them, but at the same time, the legend of Kobe only continued to grow with every season. But he had not won a championship without Shaq, so people questioned who really was the star. Who was the driving force of that 2000s, early 2000s three-peat? Was Kobe as good without him? The stats said he was. The flash and the bizarre, the jersey sales, the tickets, the TV ratings, all of it. But no championship to back this up. So now what? So, the 2007-2008 season, uh, things kind of started off a little bit obscurely. Uh, well, prior to that, May 27th of 07, ESPN.com reported Kobe had made a statement that he wanted to be traded from the Lakers if Jerry West did not return to the team with full authority. Kobe later confirmed Firmed his desire for West to return to the franchise, but denied stating that he would want to be traded if that didn't take place. Three days later, on Stephen A. Smith's radio program, Kobe expressed anger over a Lakers insider who claimed that Kobe was responsible for Shaq leaving the team after the 04 season and Shaq and publicly stated, I want to be traded. Uh, three hours after making that statement, Kobe then did another interview, essentially damage control saying that after he had a, HUD, a conversation with head coach Phil Jackson, he re reconsidered his decision and backed off his trade request. Uh, I do know from what I found out, he was very unhappy with center Andrew Bynum, and he had made reference that Bynum should have been traded for Jason Kidd, who was an all-star. Uh, I told him I could hear that lawnmower. <laughs> I told him. It's bonus. Bonus content. Bonus people guy. mowing their yards in the beautiful Martin County weather. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of of information for the 07-08 season, at least until it gets good. Uh, they traded at some point that season for all-star Paul Gasol. Uh, Kobe and his team led the West or led the Lakers to a West leading 57 to 25 record. 
They swept the Nuggets in the first round of the playoffs. And on May 6, 2008, Kobe was officially announced as league MVP. Kobe was quoted as saying, It's been a long ride, but I'm proud to represent this organization and represent this city as an MVP. Man, my computer's really pissing me off. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, there it goes. It wouldn't scroll down. Uh... Jerry, Dr. Jerry West, who was responsible for bringing Kobe to the Lakers, was on hand at the press conference to observe Kobe receiving his MVP trophy from Commissioner Stern. David Stern stated, Kobe deserved it. He's just had another great season. Doesn't surprise me one bit. In addition to winning his MVP award, Kobe was unanimous selection to the All-NBA team. And on May 8, 2008, for the third straight season, he would then headline the NBA All-Defensive Team with Kevin Garnett, receiving 52 points overall, including 24 first-place nods. Uh, the Lakers concluded the 07-08 season, like I said, with the 57-25 record. They would then go on to play the sweep the Grizzlies. Wait, no, that's wrong. My notes are wrong. They re- they finished first in the Weference Conference. They had to play the Nuggets. Denver was a 50-win team. They got swept in the first round of the playoffs. I got my notes all fucked up. Let's just skip past it. Sometimes I, I glance too fast and then I lose my place. Something's wrong. Anyways, uh they played the Western they made it to the Western Conference Finals against the San Antonio Spurs. The Lakers defeated the Spurs in five games. This sent them to the NBA Finals against the Boston Celtics. Uh, this was the fifth time in Kobe's career and the first time without Shaq that he had made an NBA Finals. And then, unfortunately, as we all remember, which I think all of us remember what a great series the 2008 NBA Finals were between the Lakers and Celtics, the Lakers lost to the Celtics in six games. Uh, Garnett, Garnett, Garnett Paul Pierce, Pierce, and Ray Allen. Was Antoine uh, Walker on that team? I don't remember. I want to say Jason Terry was on that team too, but I don't know. Yeah, I think he might have been. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to quote that. I didn't look that. I almost think was Terry might have been part of that team too. I know he was still on the team. I know he was with the Celtics. I think in eleven and twelve. But I want to say he was on that 08 team too. But they, but they essentially they had the big three: right. Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, yeah. Ray Allen. Ray Allen. Yeah. Uh, so to begin the 08 09 season, Lakers opened. They won the first seven games. Kobe led the team to tie the franchise record for most wins to start the season. They went 17 and two. And by the middle of December 2008, they compiled a 21-3 record. He got selected to his 11th consecutive All-Star game, uh, was Western Conference Player of the Month for December of 08 and January of 09. Uh, and then in a game against the Knicks on February 2nd, 2009, Kobe scored 61 points, uh, setting the record for most points scored at Madison Square Garden. Uh, at Madison Square Garden. During the 09 All-Star Game, he finished 27-4, 4-4. Four, four four. 
uh, and was awarded All-Star Co-MVP with former teammate Shaq. The Lakers finished the 2009, 2008-2009 regular season with the best record in the West, 65-17. and Kobe was runner-up in the MVP voting, uh, eventually losing to LeBron. Go figure. Selected All-NBA first team, All-Defensive first team for the seventh time in his career. In the playoffs for the 2008-2009 season, they defeated the Jazz in five games, the Houston Rockets in seven games, in the opening two rounds. By finishing off the Denver Nuggets in the conference finals in six games, the Lakers earned their second straight trip to the finals. Uh, they Lakers defeated the Orlando Magic in five games. Kobe was awarded his first NBA Finals MVP. His first Finals MVP. His first Finals MVP. Huh. I, that, is that right? I mean, that sounds... I mean, uh, Bryant was I'm awarded sorry. his first NBA Finals MVP trophy upon winning his fourth championship. I'm just kind of surprised. It, yeah. Yeah. Achieving series averages of 32 points a game, seven assists, six rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. He became the first player since uh, Jerry West in the 69 NBA Finals to average 32-7 and seven, and the first since Jordan to average 35-5. and five. Uh, so there he goes. He's got his fourth championship. So uh, there you go. So he finally got one without Shaq. Yeah. Everybody said he'd never, you know, the rumor right. was he couldn't get another one without Shaq. So oh, I agree. It was a matter of time. But it would have been a matter of time before he got one. I mean, well, that's like I said, it was Kobe was bound to win a championship. He was a winner. He was born he was, a, a well, winner. Well, yeah, he was born a fucking winner, dude. Like, yeah. Uh, and anybody associated with him. Uh, we're winners too. I mean, shall we move on? Yes. I feel like you're disengaged on this episode at first. No, I, I, basketball's not my. It's not your forte, but no. And you're, this is a time era too when I had a lot of other things going on. That and would I, have been about your divorce and everything. Yeah, like that. yeah. and other things, you know. Um, I didn't really follow sports for a few years. For a few years. Glad you're still here, bro. Right love on. you. I right love you too, bro. All right, uh, I'm gonna fire me up Lucky Strike, and uh, I mean, so that's we're gonna go in. Lack of knowledge there about some of this stuff, which I'm I'm sitting here as a, a listener, basically, and that's fine because I'm learning a lot. About so Kobe what you're Bryant. saying is you appreciate the research. Oh, I, absolutely, yeah. I dig out. Because I can't take credit for all this. Some of this well, is my typing. A lot of this is copy and paste, too. So, I mean, and like I said, we I, I bet you I had 40 to 50 different source, sources for... I mean, for someone that be like, okay, here's a, a tribute to Kobe Bryant, and they've heard of Kobe Bryant. You, I mean, we're doing a good job of painting a picture of of his life. I mean, that's what a tribute would be, too, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. I, yeah. Pr- I appreciate that, that's brother. I really, really do. Yeah. So I'm get, I feel as though I'm getting to know Kobe a little bit yeah. better. Yeah. Which is cool. So, <clears throat> during the 2009 to 2010 season, so this was a year after they won. No, wait. 08, 09, they won. Okay. Okay. All right, so, damn it, get your shit straight. <laughs> 
Hey, man, I've got 45 <laughs> pages of fucking notes, right, okay? I'll give you a hard time. You, know, you want to, just out of curiosity, do you want to guess what page we're on? Uh, page eight. eight. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, why do I always put so much notes in here? Because I never know what I'm going to cover. Well, yeah. It's, just, it's a good episode, a topic for an episode. I mean, I, hands down, I mean, it's. You know what I'm worried about? What's that? This whole file being able to upload. So I might look at you at some point and go like this, and that means I might shut the mic off, and then we'll start recording a second one, and I might upload it in two parts. I don't know. We'll fit, we'll see how it goes. We got plenty of tape, though. We got a brand new card. Cool. So, uh, okay, during the 2009-2010 season, Kobe made six game-winning shots, including a buzzer beater, one-legged three-pointer against the Heat in December of 2009, he considered that shot to be one of the luckiest he has made. A week later, he suffered a fracture in his right index finger in a game against the Timberwolves. Despite the injury, Kobe, being the badass, decided to continue playing with a fracture in his hand rather than take any time off to rest the injury. Five days following his finger fracture, he made another game-winning bucket. Uh, he became the youngest player at the time. He was 31 years old and 151 days to reach 25,000 points in his career. Impressive. Surpassing Wilt Chamberlain. He continued his dominant clutch plays, making game-winning three-pointers against the Kings, uh, the Boston Celtics. The following day, he surpassed Jerry West to become the all-time leading scorer in Lakers franchise history. After being sidelined for five games with an ankle injury, Kobe made his return. Uh, and Kobe does what Kobe does. Steal a show, put asses in the seats, sell tickets, lights out, game-winning buckets, the whole works. Prodigy. Prodigy. April 2nd, 2010, he th- signed a three-year contract extension worth $87 million. So... Uh, he finished the regular season, though, missing four of the final five games due to injuries in his knee and his hand, which he wouldn't let rest. He suffered multiple injuries throughout the season and, in, as a result, missed only nine games. The Lakers began the playoffs as the number one seed in the West. Uh, in the first round, they defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder in six games. They swept the Jazz in the second round and advanced to the Western Conference Finals where they faced the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they went on to beat the Suns in six games and advanced to the NBA Finals for a third straight season. Now, he won three championships in a row with Shaq. Now, here without Shaq, he's, he's three. three straight final appearances. A rematch from the 08 against the 08 Boston Celtics. Kobe, despite shooting six for 24 from the field, in Game 7, led the Lakers back from a 13-point deficit in the third quarter to win the championship. He scored 10 of his game-high 23 points in the fourth quarter and finished the game with 15 rebounds. He won his fifth championship, his final championship, and his second consecutive NBA Finals MVP. This marked the first time the Lakers won a Game 7 against Boston in NBA history. Wow, I did not know that. I didn't either. Uh, Kobe Slayer would later go on to say that his fifth and final championship was the most satisfying of his entire career. Kobe had wanted a sixth championship to match Jordan's total, although, you know, 
that was the I, I believe the Mavericks got one over the Heat, and then that was LeBron's time to get it. So it just never never, never well, materialized. Yeah. If LeBron right. would have stayed in Cleveland another couple of seasons, what if special? What if LeBron yeah. stays in Cleveland? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, we're gonna do one of those one day. Yeah. That would have happened. Kobe would have got another ring. Yes. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, yeah, Rush Mount Rushmore. Nah, yeah, we'll get there. Um, so the 2010-2011 season, uh, I don't have, I don't, I didn't. Ugh, this fucking computer. I, I, well, the problem is it's sitting on my left hand. Uh. Not a whole lot to to ride home about in this season. Um, The biggest thing about the 2010-2011 season was in April, Kobe got fined $100,000 for uh, directing a gay slur at the referee, which if you remember the TNT cast, you could literally say he says fucking, you know. Yeah, yeah, he yelled at the ref, you fucking, you know. Can't say that. Uh, Very derogatory term. Uh, Glad. You know what Glad is? Glad's the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. They're huge for gay and lesbian and trans and bi rights and all this stuff. They uh, came out in full force supporting the NBA's decision to find Kobe and had argued that Kobe should be suspended for the entire season for his his, uh, gay F-bomb there and... uh, uh, Kobe would later make a public apology at the behest of the Bus family, the owners of the Lakers, and the, the Lakers also issued an apology. Uh, their three-peat was ended when they were swept by the Mavericks in the second round of the playoffs, which, if memory serves me right, the Mavericks won the championship in 11. Uh, Prior to the start of the 2011-2012 season, Kobe had uh, ex- did some experimental plasma therapy in Germany to treat the pain in his knees and ankles. Uh, Mike Brown replaced the retired Phil Jackson as coach of the Lakers in the offseason. Kobe started the season playing with an injured wrist. And in January 2012, Kobe scored 48 points against the Suns. Not bad for the seventh best player in the league, Kobe would call himself, referring to a preseason ranking of the NBA's top players. He went on to score 40, 42, and 42 in his next three games. That marked the sixth time in his career when he'd score 40 or more points in four straight games. So, you know, I think I should. (laughs) Just have to buckle up for Kobe Bryant. Yeah. It just gets better the longer I hold it in, you know? Wait, wait, wait. Here's the next one. Oh! Kevin Harlan says, bring it home, Kobe, baby. Uh, Great call, yeah. I love Kobe. Uh... So, for the 2011-2012 season, uh, you know, ups and downs, they get bounced in the second round of the playoffs by Durant, Westbrook, maybe Harden, maybe Serge Ibaka. 
Yeah. They get bounced in the second round of the playoffs. I think Harden and Serge Ibaka were still there, so that was when Oklahoma City had a big four. And then, uh, so I want to I want to start by saying, uh, Kurt knows this. I I got out of watching basketball for a while. Just uh, I don't know. I, I just got out of it for a while, and uh, everybody was a Bulls fan when they were a kid. If you say you weren't, you're a fucking liar. <laughs> So everybody was a Bulls fan, but generally because that was because of Jordan, you also had another team that you generally root for. Like, I always love watching the Pacers. Do I consider myself a Pacers fan? I don't know. I enjoy watching the Pacers play. I still do to this day. Uh, what got me back into basketball was that 2011, 2012, 2010, 2010 2011, whatever Derrick Rose was having his magical yeah, season yeah. for the Bulls. So that's when I really started following basketball again. That was when I first really started getting into podcasts, which podcasts were still kind of in their infancy 10 years ago. But it was a lot of sports talk radio, Mike and Mike, ESPN Radio. That 2012-2013 season, uh, Mike and Mike every morning, just on and on about the Lakers falling apart. Because this was a season – magically, this was a season because – where something should have came together because they acquired Dwight Howard, you know, and the Lakers have a history of glorified big men. You've got Kareem, you've got Shaq. So then you're bringing in Dwight Howard. You're also bringing in point guard Steve Nash. So Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, and Kobe together, it's like in the offseason you look at that like, oh, fuck, Kobe's going to get that sixth ring, you know. Don't worry about LeBron and Wade and Bosh. Fuck that. Uh and it just never happened. Uh, issues after injuries, bad officiating. Mike Brown, I'm pretty sure I put it in my notes, and I can remember this. Mike Brown got dismissed after, like, the first five games. They were one and four. Uh, Mike D'Antoni replaced him. Yeah. I, if I do remember, let me scroll down in my notes. Mike D'Antoni right there. Uh, you know, so... It, it's falling apart in the early first part of the season in November and December, but, you know, maybe you can still turn it around. Right. December 5th against the New Orleans Hornets. I, or maybe they were the Pelicans by then. Bryant became the youngest player, 34 years old, in league history to score 30,000 points. He joined Hall of Famers Chamberlain, Jordan, Kareem, and Carl Malone. In December 18th, with a 101-100 to win over the Bobcats, Kobe scored 30 points in his seventh consecutive game, the longest streak by an NBA player after turning X amount of ages. Uh, To improve the the team's defense around the All-Star break in 2012, or 2013, excuse me, Dan Tony began having Kobe guard the opponent's best perimeter player. Kobe was the primary defender against the Cavaliers' Kyrie Irving, who was held to just 15 points. Kobe acknowledged he was for, far more focused defender when he had a challenging defensive assignment as opposed to when he played off the ball. Uh, his defense disrupted opponents, which should have freed up Steve Nash from unfavorable matchups. The problem was Steve Nash's game wasn't really where it used to be at the time. Right. So... Uh, the Lakers secured the Lakers were fighting to secure the 8th and final playoff berth in the Western Conference they had injuries on the team uh, but I thought they missed 
the playoffs. Let me go down and look here. Uh, April 12th, Kobe suffered a... April 12th, 2012, Kobe suffered a torn Achilles tendon against the Golden State Warriors and in his season. The injury came in the midst of him playing seven consecutive quarters and at least 40 minutes for seven consecutive games. The son of a bitch tore his Achilles, and I remember this, goes to the free throw line, sinks his buckets, doesn't have anybody come in, sinks his baskets, and then walks off the court under his own power after he tore his Achilles. Wow. Yeah. Superman. Uh, oh, I thought they missed. No, they did. They made the playoffs. Uh, the 2012-2013 uh, Los Angeles Lakers finished the regular season 45-37, and earned the seventh seed in the West, but they were swept in four games by the Spurs, who would go on to lose themselves to LeBron and Wade and the boys. Uh... So we're entering the twilight of Kobe's career here, kind of. Uh, November 13, uh, after the after the 13-14 season began, Kobe signed a contract extension with the Lakers for basically $50 million over two seasons. So $25 million a year, that's not bad. Uh, Kobe Bryant's contract at this point in time became a pretty big topic with uh, haters arguing that Stars should take less money to allow their team more financial freedom. While supporters of Kobe countered, the NBA's biggest stars were underpaid compared to what they should be getting paid. Uh, I don't know all that, but... Said they were underpaid. Uh, well, you want to do an episode sometime on just contracts alone? Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing it. I mean, I'm just going to let you run the whole fucking thing. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean... Uh, yeah, yeah. That's another episode. So, uh, I, I kind of want to start skipping through a lot of this, but uh, basically, as we get to these last three or two, three, four seasons here, I mean, injuries, bad management with general manager Mitch Kupchak and everybody. Father time. Father time. Uh, so, in the 13-14 season, despite being sidelined with injuries and his uh, tibia fracture and his knee, uh, Kobe was elected to his 16th All-Star game. He didn't feel like he deserved the selection, so he didn't play. Uh, on March 12, 2014, the Lakers shut Kobe down for the remainder of the season, citing he needed more rehab. It sounds like it was a different Kobe then maybe a little humble. After that humble, last championship. Maybe more humble. Maybe. Maybe a little more human. Yeah. Uh, so, at the end of the 2013-2014 season, the Lakers finished 27-55, and 55, missing the playoffs for the first time since 2005. Uh, Kobe returned for the 14-15 season, his 19th with the Lakers. They replaced Mike D'Antoni. With Kobe's former teammate Byron Scott as a new head coach, so uh, Kobe kind of lights it up there. He's thirty-six years old. Uh, he's throwing up some triple du- or some triple doubles, uh, playing longer minutes. Kind of, in a way, kind of looking like the Kobe of old. Uh, not a whole lot to write home about for that fourteen to fifteen season. Uh, 
and then on January 21st, 2015, Kobe suffered a torn rotator, torn rotator cuff while driving the baseline for a dunk against the Pelicans. Uh, prior to the injury, Kobe had rested eight out of his last 16 games. He underwent season-ending surgery. That's when people started questioning how long does Kobe have left. Uh, the Lakers finished the 14 to 15 season 21 and 61, surpassing the franchise record for most losses in a season that they had set the year before. Um, after recovering to play in the 2015 2016 season preseason, Kobe suffered a calf injury. Missed the final two preseason games. However, he played the season opener to begin his 20th season with the Lakers. Uh, on November 29, 2015, Kobe announced via the Players' Tribune that he would be retiring at the end of the season. In his poem, he wrote, which we'll cover that later, Dear Basketball, Kobe wrote that he fell in love with the game at the age of six. A love so deep I gave you my all from mind and body to spirit and soul the 2015 to 2016 season 2016 season is all i have left to give my heart can take the pounding my mind can handle the grind but my body knows it's time to say goodbye and that's okay i'm ready to let you go so basically 2015 2016 is going to be his last season in the league he knew father time was it happens Kobe was pretty humble. Note, uh, what I remember about this was Kobe was pretty adamant about he didn't want, whether they were playing in the Staples Center at home or whether they were on the road, he didn't want teams to make a big deal out of this. He didn't want to have a quote-unquote farewell tour. Right. He didn't want gifts. He didn't want video right. packages played, to which pretty much every arena, out of the respect he gave, a lot of them fucking did it anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh. So, I'm, I'm not going to cover much about his last season just because uh, there, there, well, <laughs> there, there's nothing right. to really write about the except inevit the inevitable is happening. Yeah. On April 13th in the Lakers season finale at home, Kobe scored an NBA season-high 60 points against Utah in his last game, outscoring the entire Jazz team 23-21 to in the fourth quarter. He became the oldest player to score 60 or more points in a game at 37 years old. The Lakers finished the season 17-65, and 65, the worst Ouch. record in franchise history. Ouch. So that covers part of the career. Uh, and I wrote here my own personal notes. I, I put, so now what happens? I never thought going back that that was going to be it for Kobe. In these days with advances in sports science and medicine, athletes are hanging around a lot longer than expected. In the spring of 2016, I was not sold on the retirement of Kobe Bryant. I figured we get into August, and it's, hey, I want to come back, but in a different light, less time, or, hey, I want to come back, but I don't want to be with the Lakers anymore. Uh, I was wrong, but still, it's hard to believe for their heroes for people to believe their heroes are really finished. Yeah. So. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Getting tired? Uh, no, I'm all right, yeah. Good. <laughs> you're, you're more or less a listener in this episode. Well, that's. 
I got it. Like, I and I that. appreciate that because it makes me know that. I mean, I mean, I'm learning a lot about Kobe Bryant. If you I really did, did know. if you really didn't want to be a part of this episode, I guess you would have told me not this weekend. Uh, That's true. I, I was interested to find out more about Kobe. Well, uh, like I say, he. I told you earlier. Basketball I, is not your forte. All, well, yeah, and all the respect in the world to what he accomplished on the court, but I never was a Kobe man because I was never a Lakers fan. Which I got some stuff about Kobe in the Olympics. I'm not going to cover it. I'm just going to say uh, Kobe was a part. Kobe skipped the 2000 Olympic. Or was it to 2004? He skipped one of them because he was getting married to Vanessa. Uh, I don't fucking know. I got it in there somewhere. I'm just skipping through it. He did play in 08 and on the 2012 team. Of course, he got his gold medals. I mean, uh, look, his resume is... Unprecedented. Unprecedented, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here what else I got. Uh oh yeah here here we go fun you know you always like fun oh, yeah. facts and you like quotes. Uh, Kobe established a reputation for taking shots in the closing moments of tight games, and when he was dub even when he was double or triple teamed in 2012, an annual survey of NBA general managers, Kobe was selected for the 10th consecutive season as the player general managers would want to take a clutch shot with the game on the line. Throughout his career. Kobe was often disparaged for being selfish, high-volume shooter. He missed more field goal attempts in his career than any other player in NBA history. I don't know if that's true. I didn't fact-check that or not. Uh, Phil Jackson, who coached Kobe for years, stated, Kobe tends to force the action, especially when the game isn't going his way. When his shot is off, Kobe will pound away relentlessly until his luck turns. According to a Kobe quote from 2007, I would go 0 for 30 before I would go 0 for 9 because 0 for 9 means you're nothing but a quitter and you beat yourself. That's, so, an, interesting <laughs> take. That's an interesting take on it. So he'll just keep standing there and fucking miss more shots for or what? For his career, I guess 44% field goal. I mean, you, you know all about them stats. I mean, I got them listed, but you did the work for me there. Uh, He's a big guy too, 6'6". Six, 6'6", six. Six, six, yeah. Uh, he can play... Small forward. Uh, he could probably play point guard. He could. Can you imagine Kobe? Well, I mean, they all, some do well, yeah. a little bit, but could you imagine Kobe as a season as a point guard instead of a shooting guard? Would be, yeah. It'd be, <laughs> that'd be, it's fun to think about. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's damn fun to think about. I don't know if he, he would. He wouldn't be happy doing it. I don't think his teammates would be Happy year. Yeah, fuck them guys, right? Well, I mean, it's, it's not it's not called a points guard, folks. It's called a point guard, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. The the phrase "mama mentality." Uh, shout out to Kobe's relentless work ethic. So that's where the you know he's known as being the mama mentality. Uh, that's that's a killer there. I mean, work ethic, good thing. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver called Kobe one of the greatest players in the history of our game. I would uh, definitely. Players Kevin Durant, Dirk Nowitzki, Dwayne Wade, and Derrick Rose called Kobe Bryant their generation's version of Michael Jordan. Uh, 
Kobe was described as being maybe the greatest Laker of all time, move over Magic Johnson. He was the Lakers' all-time leading scorer, which we'll get to that shit. Uh, here's a whole bunch of stats and stuff, which I've got that at the bottom. We'll get to that. Uh, I'm trying to see what I got next. Okay, so here's where I put... Uh, this is where we kind of start to talk about Kobe, the man, the human, the personal life that was lived in the public eye before we circle back around to more professional stuff. Um, let's see. Luck. He's got you way out, probably. You wanna, here, you want to go take him out? We'll be right back. So, November 99, Kobe's 21. He meets 17-year-old Vanessa Lane. She was working as a background dancer for the East Siders in the music video, G'd Up. Uh, Kobe and her kind of get together. Kobe falls in love. April 18, 2001, they get married in California. Uh, their first daughter was born in 2003, which I'm assuming... Was that Gianna? No, that was not Gianna. Uh, their second daughter, Gianna, Gigi, the one that passed away with Kobe, which we'll get to. She was born in May of 06. Uh, December 16th, 2011, Vanessa Bryant filed for divorce, citing irreconcilable differences, and they requested custody of their daughters. And then in January of 2013, they both announced over social media that they had called off their divorce. They were going to remain together. So kudos to them for working it out. Um, let's see here. Uh, in December of 16, Vanessa Bryant gave birth to their third daughter. And then in January of 2019, uh, oh, they're expecting a fourth daughter their fourth and final child their daughter was born june 19th so she wasn't even a year old when she lost her daddy Dang it. ouch yeah uh kobe was a catholic which uh, i don't know why i needed to put that in there but uh uh let's see kobe was a longtime fan of the philadelphia eagles uh kobe was a big soccer guy did not know that. Yeah, so. Kobe was a huge soccer guy. Fans of uh, Manchester City and Barcelona and uh, the soccer club, AC Milan. Kobe was a big... That's kind of odd, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then here, I've, I I mean, I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking on it, but I, take, I took up about four or five paragraphs. Uh, in July 2003, news broke that the sheriff's office in Eagle, Colorado had arrested Kobe Bryant in connection with the sexual assault complaint filed by a 19-year-old hotel employee. Uh, I was going to research this woman's name because I know it's out there somewhere because she's received death threats and everything over the years, which is so dumb to send death threats to yeah. a woman. That's yeah. whether she was assaulted or not. But anyways, I didn't do it because she's not an integral part of this story, I don't think. But uh, Kobe had checked into uh, Lodge and Spa in Colorado on June 30th. Uh, in advance, he was supposed to have some surgery there on July 2nd. This woman accused Kobe of raping her in his hotel room on July 1st. She filed a police report. 
Kobe got questioned by authorities uh, about the bruising on her neck. Kobe admitted to infidelity with his wife and admitted to a sexual encounter with this 19-year-old girl, but he claimed it was consensual. When asked about the bruises on her neck, Kobe said that he liked to choke. Choking during sex was a thing for him. He liked to get a little rough. Said she asked for it. You know, that's not words you ever want to say during a sexual assault investigation. She asked for it because that can spin negative in a whole lot of fucking different directions. So, uh, let me see what else I got here. Because this this was a big part of Kobe's life because Kobe wasn't looked at the same way. Uh, when asked how hard he was holding on to her neck during intercourse, he said, my hands are pretty strong. I don't know. You tell me. So, uh, they collected evidence from him and from her. He agreed to submit to a rape test kick and a polygraph test. Uh, and then on July 4th, they issued an arrest warrant for Kobe. Kobe flew from Los Angeles back to Colorado to surrender to police he was immediately released on a $25,000 bond, which is sad as I am to say, when you're that high profile and high rich of an athlete, $25,000 bond is pretty much like the equivalent of two bucks in your pocket. Yeah, pretty much. So he probably carries that on him in cash. Right. You know. Uh, on July 18th, the district attorney's office in Eagle County, Colorado, filed a formal charge against Kobe for sexual assault. If convicted, Kobe could face probation to life in prison. And then on July 18th, smoking cigarettes like a freight train over here with you. Uh, on July 18th, uh, Kobe was formally charged. He held a news conference where he denied having raped this woman. He said, I do admit to having an adulterous relationship, although it was consensual with a woman. Uh December 2013, pretrial hearings, not a lot going on. Uh, the prosecutor, which I don't want to read all the details because it's, you know, sexual assault's not anything to joke about and it's still tough to talk about. But they had evidence, you know, pubic hair, the whole right, works, right. da 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 Let's skip on, skip on, skip on. She said she'd not showered for a couple days because she wanted to have an exam done, da 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 More and more goes on. Uh, goes back and forth for a few days. A few, uh, she wrote a letter to the investigator. She told the detective, I told detective winters that on the morning I was leaving, I had car troubles. That was not true. I called in late to work that day. The reason I gave my boss for being late in all reality, I had overslept. I told detective that Kobe Bryant had made me stay in the room and wash my face. Uh, while I was held against my will in that room, I was forced to wash my face. I did not wash my face. Instead, I stopped at the mirror at the elevator to clean my face up. I'm extremely disappointed in myself, and I'm very sorry to anyone that was misled. Mix-up of information, blah, blah, blah. I am a victim of assault by Mr. Bryant. On and on and on. Apparently, this woman had tried out on American Idol, so apparently people out there know her somewhere. Uh, she had been American Idol. And then on September 4th, 2004, so a year later, the district county, the district judge for Eagle County, Colorado, dismissed the charges against Kobe Bryant after prosecutors spent o almost a quarter of a million dollars preparing for his trial because the accuser informed them then that she was unwilling to testify. 
So she drags this out, then she's unwilling to testify. Uh, Kobe issued the following statement to through his attorney. I want to apologize directly to the young woman involved in this incident. I want to apologize to her for my behavior that night and the consequences she has suffered. Although this year has been incredibly difficult for me personally, I can only imagine the pain she has to endure. I also want to apologize to her parents and family members, to all my fam- family, friends, and supporters, and the citizens of Eagle, Colorado. I also want to make this clear that I do not question the motives of this young woman. No money has been paid to this woman. She has agreed that this statement will not be used against me in the civil case. I truly believe this encounter between us was consensual. I recognize now that she did not, and I does not view this incident the same way I did. After months of reviewing discovery, listening to her attorney, and even her testimony in person, I now understand how she feels that she did not consent to this sexual encounter with me. I issue this statement today fully aware that while one part of this case ends today and another remains, I understand the civil case with me against me will go forward. This part of the case will be decided by and between both parties directly involved in the incident and will no longer be a financial or emotional drain on the citizens in the state of Colorado. Uh, basically, uh, the LA Times reported that eventually it was settled out of court for a little over $2.5 million. So I don't know if that was... Kobe paid her to go away money. Uh, do I think this really happened? Well, obviously, a sexual encounter did happen. Yeah, yeah. Do I think Kobe raped someone? I. It don't matter if you're talking about everyday people or you're talking about famous people or high-profile athletes. Uh, when a woman claims rape, you you do have to go through the motions and examine this. Uh, Not every encounter that says consensual is consensual. It's viewed different. Uh, I like to believe that just maybe this didn't go the way Kobe thought it was going and a little bit rough was turned into a little more than a little bit. I don't know, but it cost Kobe some sponsorship. Uh, Although he was able to regain some endorsements, uh, but his big contract with McDonald's was not renewed and Nutella wasn't renewed, but that doesn't matter because the big ones, Nike, took him yeah. back and immediately and so did Coca-Cola. Uh, this blue cigarette smoke all of my eye. went blinded there for a second. Uh... I got a lot about his sponsorships and stuff in here. Uh, I mean, he had endorsement deals with everybody. Uh, in his rookie year, it was Adidas, and you know there was Coca Cola, was Sprite, uh, McDonald's, Nutella, Nintendo. Uh, God, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, he has been featured on the cover of ESPN. In 2010, Kobe Bryant was ranked third behind Tiger Woods and, and Michael Jordan in Forbes' list of the world's highest-paid athletes with $48 million. Uh, on December 13, 2010, Kobe signed a two-year endorsement deal with Turkey's national airline, Turkish Airlines, and he shot a commercial for him. Kobe's appeared on countless NBA games, including, including the most recent NBA 2K21, the Mamba Forever Edition. Yep. Wouldn't be surprised if I go over and look and see it's your game case if that's what's on the cover. Yeah. So, 
He was a global ambassador for soccer, which I know that blew your mind. Uh, 2K has got him juiced. For probably, sure. Probably 99 overall. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They got two or three different versions of him. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so before we go forward, I think it's time to plug another sponsor. Uh, and we're going to talk candles. <laughs> Nana's Aromas LLC, uh, 845 Church Street, Palmyra, Indiana. Check her out, nanasaromas.com. Check her out on Facebook. Give them a phone call, 812-972-3670. This is up there, you know, Crawford, Harrison County area. Uh Nana's Aromas LLC. She makes all of her candles in small batches for better quality control. She's got more than just candles. We've got wicks and warmers and melters, and uh, every candle's hand poured or hand wicked. Uh, and she's gonna send me some samples in the mail. I talked cool. to her today. She did a Facebook Live video today, and I had got on there on my personal page, not our, not our uh, Steel Toes and Scoreboards page. And thanked her again for kind of the rub we're giving each other here lately. And I asked her what kind of candle she had because I said I needed to get some for the house. And uh, well, she said, well, I'll send you a couple candles. And I said, no, you ain't got to do that. I said, I'll buy them. She goes, no. She goes, this is working out well for both of us. So she's going to send me a blueberry candle and uh, I think one other. So Ooh. we'll split them. I'll give you hey. a candle and I'll keep a candle. Right on. Right on. You could always use candles in here. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Come home from the place that we work smelling like ass all the time. Uh so there's another sponsor plugged. Official unofficial. So uh you want to keep going? Yeah. Unfortunately, we're going we're going to keep going, which we should. Uh Kobe's been in rap videos, hip hop culture. Uh love Kobe. Uh Kobe is name dropped and <coughs> Kobe's name is used in songs. <laughs> With so many rappers, including Lil Wayne and The Game and on and on and on. Nipsey Hussle, who the track I first played as we introed was uh, the audio was or the lyrics were isolated and uh, the vocals. That was a Nipsey Hussle track, one of my favorite rappers. And he was a big Kobe guy. Him and Kobe are friends. Uh. Kobe did his dear basketball thing as he was leaving the league. Uh, it won an Academy Award for best short. Uh, Kobe was getting into real estate. Uh, he was writing books, uh, young teen novels. Uh, together with his wife, Vanessa, they founded the Kobe and Vanessa Bryant Family Foundation. Its goals were to help people in need, encouraging the development of physical and social skills through sports and assisting the homeless. Kobe spoke about the injustices aimed at homeless people in this country who were blamed for their situation, saying that homelessness should not be ignored or made a low priority. Kobe said he got everything and more he wanted out of life because he became a successful basketball player, able to make in far more ends meet than he ever dreamed with the amount of money he's attained from basketball and endorsements. Uh, He established a production company to film TV shows and novels and just all sorts of... So he was involved in a lot of shit. Um, So, that being said, uh, 
I'm trying to keep some sort of timeline here on some things. And, I mean, I try to keep it pretty straight and narrow. As I look at the recorder right here, we've hit two hours. Uh, and, unfortunately, this is the part of the episode where we're going to have to cover the passing of Kobe. Yeah. Um. Some of this could be a little hard to listen to. And when I originally did this, uh, call it investigative journalism and wanting to stay true to our listeners or my own fascination for all things morbid and macabre, I was going to cover exactly what was in the autopsy report. But when the autopsy report became public information or it got leaked to the public, whatever you want to say, uh, last year I read it. And I looked at the sketch, and it's just far too gruesome. So we're going to kind of – we're not necessarily going to throw a strike. We're just going to kind of paint the corner with our pitches here. Nice baseball reference. So, unfortunately, to – yeah, there's just just, no way around it. Uh, January 26, 2020. On a Sunday morning at approximately 9.06 a.m. Pacific time. So that would have been noonish, noonish. our time. Kobe and his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, along with seven other passengers. And believe me, one of the things that pissed me off about this tragedy was we all love Kobe and his daughter, but nobody talked about the other seven people. Yeah, uh, Nine out of ten people on the street couldn't name you the names of the other people. Right. And I was guilty for a while of being one of them. We are going to name them later as we get to it. Uh, but Kobe, his daughter Gianna, and seven other, six other passengers, seven counting the pilot, boarded a 1991 Sikorsky S76B helicopter. Uh, they were going to fly from John Wayne Airport in Orange County uh, they were supposed to and at Camarillo Airport. Uh, this was going to be about my notes here. This flight would have taken about 30 minutes. Uh, in contrast, if they would have drove from Kobe's house in Newport Beach, California, this was going to be about a two-hour drive. So, obviously, it's quicker to fly. Uh, Kobe was coaching a kind of a, a team. A, I don't know what you'd call it, a, a prep game kind of right. for Gianna. Right. Uh, they, she had a game. So, uh, and they never made it. No. Um, and there's a lot there, there, there's, there's a lot in here, dude, about this. Uh, there's surveillance cameras established at, uh, a baseball field not far from the crash. There's been made reference that there's video footage out there people took of a of a helicopter with an extreme descent. Uh, so there's video footage out there somewhere on the internet. I don't think it's ever been made public, and to be honest, it probably doesn't. I mean, for my own morbid fascination, again, I would probably watch it, but I wouldn't recommend people watch. I mean, it's out there somewhere. 
the report that day was, uh, I guess, a lot of fog, and it's Southern California, dude. It happens. Uh, visibility were only about a mile and a mile, mile to a mile and a half out. Right. So that's not that's right. a lot of heavy fog and smog in Southern California. That's kind of dangerous. Uh, to give an idea of how bad this was, uh, LAPD grounded their police choppers that morning on January 26th due to poor visibility and a low ceiling. Uh, LAPD Air Division require at least two miles of visibility and an 800-foot cloud ceiling. At the time, Kobe's chopper took off. Visibility was five, mi- was five miles with a ceiling of 1,300 feet. Um, so it was good when they took right. off, kind of. Right. I guess it was uh, once they started to ascend, they're like, holy fuck, this ain't good. Uh, so I'm trying to think, cause I got a lot of information about this crash. So I, I'm trying to go through this, which, so, you know, there might be a break in the audio where I'm researching. Cause right. I got to look to what is important. Yeah. You know me, I put a bunch of shit in here that, well. that, cause I never know what we're going to need or what we don't right. need. Uh, let's see here. Flight rules prohibit a f- pilot from flying into or near clouds. So the helicopter remained in an altitude of only seven or 800 feet while flying Northwest, uh, on many of its previous runs to Camarillo, the helicopter had turned West at downtown LA and flown over the Santa Monica mountains until it picked up the Ventura freeway, which is us one one on January 26th, though. That was not an option that morning because fog from the ocean had pushed into the Santa Monica mountains. Instead, the helicopter continued Northwest past near Dodger stadium and followed the route of the golden state freeway or I five, uh, approaching Glendale, the pilot requested permission from Burbank Airport tra- air traffic controllers to transition from following the freeway. Uh, at that point, the they dictated the helicopter circle in a pattern for 11 minutes starting at 9.21 a.m. to wait for other air traffic or whatever. Um they were finally granted permission to proceed at 9.32, according to some of the audio, which that is available online. I did listen to some of the uh, transmissions. Uh, the pilot was required, though, to stay under 2,500 feet. He climbed to an altitude of 1,400 feet, which he confirmed with the Van Nuys Station in Van Nuys, California at 9.35 a.m., after proceeding through the Burbank airspace, it turned west down the Ronald Reagan Freeway as it passed into Van Nuys Airport controlled airspace. Uh, Zobin then confirmed he was still in the flight conditions at 1,500 feet. Luck, dog. People are letting fireworks off. That's what it is. It's scaring the shit out of him. Uh, let's see here. So they're flying. Everything's fine. They're responding. Uh, at 9.45 a.m., pilot Zobon confirmed he was 
where he was supposed to be doing what he was supposed to be doing. Da 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 da. He would level out at four thousand feet. This was the last transmission he had made. Uh, the initial reports of the accident claimed the helicopter was too close to the terrain for fight following, but the recorded transcript does not state this. So. As it approached higher ground, the helicopter began to climb, gaining approximately 1,000 feet of altitude in 36 seconds. According to the transponder data, the helicopter first entered a climbing turn to the left, taking a southern heading, peaking in altitude to 2,300 feet. Uh, Eight seconds later, at about 9.45 and 18 seconds, the helicopter continued its left turn southeast and started to descend rapidly. It reached a descent rate of more than 4,000 feet per minute and a ground speed of 160 knots before it struck a hillside at an elevation of 1,085 feet. The aircraft's altitude was last recorded at 945.36. And fireworks were making him crazy. Helicopter crashed and caught fire in Calabasas near the intersection of Willow Grimm Street and Las Virginies Road. Uh, as reported by a 911 call that came in two minutes later at 9.47 a.m. Uh, the crash occurred on the New Millennium Loop Trail, a hillside behind the headquarters of the local water district there. Uh, the helicopter came down between two groups of mountain bikers who immediately called 911. Witnesses reported that the helicopter's engine was sputtering before the crash. Others reported seeing the helicopter flying into the ground at a significantly high rate of speed. It is unclear whether a distress call was made. The crash started a quarter acre brush fire that was difficult to extinguish because of the presence of magnesium, which reacts with oxygen and water. Yeah. Yeah. The LAFD firefighters responded to the scene and extinguished the fire by 1030. The debris from the crash was scattered on a steep terrain over a field estimated to extend up to 600 feet, the firefighters hiked to the site. Paramedics repelled from a helicopter to the scene but could not locate any survivors. All non-occupants were pronounced dead on scene. Uh, based on examinations by the L.A. County Department Medical Examiner Corner, all nine occupants died. A blunt trauma. Alyssa Atobli, 14-year-old girl, played with Giada, her father, John Atobley, 56, Uh, Carrie Atobley, 46, the mother and the wife, Kobe's daughter, Gianna, 13 years old, Kobe himself, 41 years old, Uh, Peyton Chester, 13, another player on Team Mamba, her mother, Sarah Chester, 45, Uh, Christina Mauser, 38, the assistant coach for Team Mamba, and... Area Zobin, 50, the pilot who was personally chosen by Kobe Bryant to be their pilots over the course of years. So, Kobe handpicked him to be his pilot. So, uh, so we're not done there, obviously, because we have more to cover about the crash. Um, the aircraft did not have a cockpit voice recorder. Or a flight data recorder. Uh, 
helicopters in the United States are not required to carry them in like planes. So had it had a cockpit voice recorder, we would have things would have been different. We'd have known a little, uh, yeah, a little more information. Yeah. yeah. So um, that aircraft had been uh, Kobe had leased it in 2012 or 2013. He personally picked. He reviewed a bunch of pilots. Personally picked Zobian to be his pilot. Um, now this is where some shit gets good here. Um, Eleven twenty-four a.m., less than two hours after the crash, TMZ was the first news source to confirm Bryant's death. TMC TMC TMZ was later criticized by local law enforcement for reporting the story before their coroner's office had the opportunity to confirm the identities of the helicopter's occupants and inform their families. L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva stated it was extremely disrespectful to understand that your loved one had perished and you had to learn through such a sleazy outlet like TMZ. 2.30 p.m., uh, L.A. County Fire Department, L.A. County Sheriff's Department held a joint press conference. Details of the crash. Uh... They searched for a flight recorder, which they didn't know at the time, didn't have one. The sheriff urged people to stay away from the crash scene because people had flooded into residential neighborhoods. They were making the investigation and the cleanup a bigger hassle. The FAA imposed a five-mile no-fly zone around the crash site up to an altitude of 5,000 feet. At the request of Bryant's wife, Vanessa, to protect the victim's privacy, the coroner was able to initially remove the remains of three of the nine victims overnight in response to attempts at unauthorized access during the first evening, the sheriff assigned deputies to patrol the rugged mountain terrain uh, to prevent souvenir hunt. What kind of motherfucker? No shit. They're out there. I'll bet a souvenir you. hunter, and they're going to take fucking, especially from a wreckage, they'd be like going down there and robbing something from the Titanic. There's some sick fuckers out there. Oh, Oh, gosh. Doyle's back. I'm serious on that. What? The, the Titanic? The, yeah, that's right. Totally. Brothel's illegal and the Titanic's fake. <laughs> that sounds like him. I shouldn't be laughing. We're talking about Kobe. Oh, that's how Kobe was. It, it, was record, it was later reported the L.A. County Sheriff's deputies had taken and shared unauthorized and extremely graphic photos of the crash scene and were ordered by the sheriff to delete the pictures to avoid discipline. The deletion of these photos led the Sheriff's Civilian Oversight Commission to question whether that amounted to a cover-up. And I'm here to tell you, uh, I'm not sure what photos got leaked out, but they are online. And if those are the photos that I think they are, they're not that bad but it's still distasteful did you see how close it was it's like they're in the middle of the road right here <laughs> uh, firework it was reported the following day the pilot was told he was at too low level for flight following which he apparently had requested by air traffic controllers moments before the helicopter slammed into the hillside that means the helicopter was too low to be tracked by air traffic control but does not necessarily mean that it was too low to fly safely by January 28th which was my higher date, by the way. That's how I remember this. January 28th, all nine bodies had been recovered. The bodies of Kobe and three others were identified, unfortunately. 
only by fingerprints, which, yeah, yeah. Autopsies were conducted on from January thirtieth, and by February first, all the autopsies had been completed. Um, on February twenty fourth, twenty twenty, Kobe Bryant's wife filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Island Express, the helicopter company that was transporting the passengers, as well as the heirs of the estate of the pilot, Air Zobin. The Mauser and Atobli families filed suit as well, and the Chester family filed in May. Uh, Zobin's brother responded to the original lawsuit in May, saying that Kobe was aware of the risk and faulted the negligence of the passengers for the crash. Island Express reiterated that Bryant was aware of the risk and devoured responsibility calling the crash an act of God. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Um, I know there's more. This It's tough to get through. Um, hang on. Fucking computer. Uh, I don't want to, like I said, there's just, um, as many as eight Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputies who responded to the crash took or shared pictures on personal devices. When Sheriff learned about it, he ordered the deputies to delete the photographs. Although there was no official policy prohibiting photographs at an accident, Sheriff called it inexcusable to have that on top of what they're already gone through is inconscionable. And... They were ordered to apologize to the families while calling for a state law to prohibit photographs. Vanessa filed the suit against the sheriff's office in September of 2020 over the sharing of the crash scene photos. California passed a law on September 28, 2020, which states first responders who take unauthorized personal photographs of victims or a crime seat outside their job duties can be cited with a misdemeanor offense punishable by up to $1,000 per photo. A spokesperson for the National Transportation Safety Board said on January 31st that Island Express Helicopters, which owned the helicopter in the crash, was not certified to fly in foggy conditions. It is unknown if the pilot was flying on instruments at the time of the crash. Um, drug testing, that was also a question. He, he tested, or tested negative. For, he had nothing in his system. He came back clean. Almost said positive. That would have really fucked some oh, whoa. shit. Yeah. No, he it, it was completely <clears throat> clean of everything. Uh, and then just trying to to wrap this up because this is pretty doom and gloom. Um, reports indicate viewable sections of the engine showed no evidence of an uncontained or catastrophic internal failure. The damage to the blades was consistent with a powered rotation at the time of impact. The update revealed the impact crater was 24 feet by 15 feet in diameter, 2 feet deep, and the main wreckage came to rest about 127 feet away from the point of initial impact at an angle of 347 fucking degrees when it consumed by fire. Much of the helicopter cabin cockpit were highly fragmented and destroyed in the impact. And then on June 17th of 2020... 
They released a public docket on the crash containing 1,700 pages of information. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, on February 9th, 2021, they held a meeting to determine the probable cause of the crash. The board conducted. Zoban had flown into thick clouds, and it caused some disorientation of him, and he lost control leading to the crash. Flying at an excessive speed for the weather conditions were also mentioned in the final report. And even if the helicopter had been equipped with a terrain awareness warning system, it not likely would have helped to avoid the crash due to the pilot's disorientation. Uh, And then their final statement reads, and I do want to read this briefly. The final report from the National Transportation Safety Board on the crash that took the life of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven other people. The board determines the probable cause of this accident was the pilot's decision to continue flight under visual flight rules into instrument meteorological conditions, which resulted in the pilot's disorientation of loss and control. Contributing to the accident was the pilot's likely self-induced pressure and the pilot's plane continuation bias, which adversely affected his decision-making, and that's it. So basically, they're going to blame it on pilot error. So, pilot error in the word. Uh, and then this is what I was telling you about. We were talking earlier. Uh, the autopsy report was quote-unquote leaked or made public, depending on how you view things, as well as the sketch listing the injuries. And like I had stated earlier, and like I, you know, and I had told you, I seen it when it came out last year, and then I went back online and found it and reread it last night, and... I wanted to put it in there, but then I'm like, this is pretty graphic. So all I'm going to say is I'm going to, I'm going to put two rumors or I'm going to put a rumor to bed here. And I'm going to say, uh, one of the biggest rumors that was going on at this time was when they found them, um, they were able to find Kobe and Gianna together, kind of arms wrapped in each other. And I would really like to believe that since I have daughters and in my mind, I'm going to choose to believe that. But that's a rumor. That's not fact. Um, they found Kobe on one side of the wreckage and a few feet away inside of a ravine was Gianna. Uh, and the only silver lining in any of this was due to the ME's report and the investigation. Uh, there was no suffering. Death was... It, it literally stated death was either instantaneous or within minutes. Yeah, yeah. And heaven forbid, if it was within minutes, these people were unconscious or so fucking out of it. They had no idea they were hurting. So, uh, and the crash was that bad enough that Kobe, unfortunately could only be identified by fingerprints on his remaining hand and arm because one of them were detached. Yeah. So, and that's about as gruesome as I'm going to go because if I list everything, it's pretty fucking sick. Uh, so, tragic end of nine people that lost their lives. Uh, when word got out, uh, there was, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people at the crash site on the hill, close to the crash site, I should say. And anybody involved in sports and music and how any of the famous people, celebrities were, were all over this thing and, uh, you know, paying tribute to him, landmarks around the world. 
uh, Madison Square Garden, the Empire State Building, the Santa Ana Warner Tower where Kobe lived in Newport Beach. They all lit up purple and gold in memory of Kobe. Uh, you know, uh, the world's tallest building. Uh, I don't know where the fuck that's at. It lit up purple and gold. Uh, February 7th, 2020, in a private ceremony in Pacific View Memorial Park uh, in Newport Beach, Kobe and his daughter were laid to rest, and then a celebration of life later took place at the Staples Center on February 24th, which was packed, sold out. Yeah, you remember seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Vanessa and everybody, Shaq, Shaq was crying, Jordan was crying. Everybody was there. Vanessa had the courage to get up and speak, which I thought was pretty... Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, it's kind of skipping here because I have all these that, you know, I have a lot covering the tribute show too, and it's just a lot to get into. Uh, and for those of you that, if you really want to, to, to view this and hear this and watch this, go get on your Google machines and get into YouTube and look at the Kobe Gianna Memorial at, uh, the house that Kobe built, the Staples Center. Um, several teams in the days following paid tribute to Kobe with 24-second shot clock violations and the eight-second eight ball midcourt violations and, and paying tribute to him, all this. Uh, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban, who's a great guy, uh, he retired to number 24. No Maverick will ever wear that again out of respect for Kobe. Um, more people paying tribute, more sports, uh, all sports, NASCAR, NHL, MLB, WWE, uh, UFC, Major League Base, just, just everybody was paying tribute to Kobe and doing things and talking about Kobe's death, which I thought was really, really, really cool, uh, the 2020 All-Star Game in February, uh, every player wore the jersey number 24 in honor of Kobe on Team Giannis, or on Team LeBron, they wore jersey number two in honor of Gianna, which I thought was pretty neat. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they ended up naming the All-Star Trophy, MVP trophy, after Kobe, so that's pretty admirable. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, they talked about it. Yep, and all of wrestling and tennis. My God, dude, it was, just, it was everywhere. What do, you, um, what do you mean? What do you think the future would have for Kobe? Are you asking me? But yeah, I thought, yeah. I mean, he was coming back to the NBA to be a coach. Yes, kind no, of a- no. He was either going to come back and be a coach, or he was going to get involved. In ownership or something, he was coming back. Yeah, you can't yeah, tell me he wasn't yeah. coming back. Uh, his whole life revolved around the NBA. Yeah. Um, I really want to get through this passing here because this is just ugh. soccer teams was paying tribute because Kobe was a big soccer ambassador. Uh, Tiger Woods. Uh, Basically, let's just anybody who is anybody. Oh, yeah. 
in sports or a celebrity found ways to be vocal and pay tribute to Kobe and uh, rest in peace, Mamba. Moving on. Uh, so I wanted to save this kind of till last just because the impact this had on me. And that was the Lakers retiring Kobe's jerseys. Uh, when he made the announcement in 2015 that he was going to retire the jerseys, I know you're not on social media, you know, Facebook, which I get on you all the time about <laughs> Facebook. And, yeah. Um, I'm smoking like a fucking freight train with you. <laughs> I feel like I'm sitting here with my father. Uh, all over Facebook and, of course, on, like, Bleacher Report and, you know, The Spin and everywhere – they were all. We all knew that he was going to get his jersey retired. They were asking which jersey should be retired by Kobe, eight or twenty-four. Uh, I was one of the twenty-four guys, not the eight guy. Uh, I and if anybody knew they were going to retire both, I would like to call him a liar because teams don't retire two jersey numbers for the same player. So I always believed it would be. It should have been twenty-four. What he did with eight. And, you know, Shaq was good, but what he did with 24 by himself. So, I can't tell you how happy I was. I never really thought about it. When they retired both his jerseys. Kobe wore, it says here in my notes, um, this one I copy and pasted from the Los Angeles Times here. uh, This little quick stat. And I guess it's probably right. He played 20 years. It said... Kobe wore eight and twenty-four each for ten seasons apiece. So I guess that's about right. Yeah. Uh the ceremony was conducted between a during a halftime of a Laker Warriors game. Uh and now as we get towards the end, as I always do in every episode, meat and taters time. So uh this is where I give the good stuff. I prove that Kobe belongs in basketball's Mount Rushmore. Yes, you heard that right, Adam Sweet. Kobe belongs in Mount Rushmore of basketball uh, and has firmly secured his place as one of the top ten greatest players of all time, maybe even top five. That's for debate. I put him in top five. Some people put him in top ten. Uh, I always make the joke. Put whatever face you want on Mount Rushmore. Bill Russell's the mountain you carve it out of, which is true. Uh, Jordan and Kobe are up there. Maybe one day we'll figure out who the other two are. Uh, So, (sighs) we're at two and a half hours, kid. (laughs) If this episode goes too long, then I'll just cut it. I'm not not even going to stop recording and start recording again, like I talked about. I'll just split it in post-production. So, if my fucking computer... I hate doing this with my left hand. You hear me clicking? Yeah. So, here we go. Kobe Bryant, meat and taters time. Five-time NBA champion. 2001, 02, 09, and 2010. Seven finals appearances. Uh, Losing... In 04 and 08, two-time finals MVP, back-to-back, 09 and 2010. Only one league MVP, 2008. Like, that's what gets me more than anything. Only one fucking league MVP. 
Yeah, I figured it'd be more than that. But uh, I fucking did too. Uh, huh. Two-time scoring champion, back-to-back, 06 and 07. 18-time All-Star. 18 consecutive selections, 13 consecutive appearances. No All-Star game in 99 due to a league lockout. Um, damn it. And then he missed in 2010, 2014, 2015 due to injury. Four-time NBA All-Star MVP, 15-time All-NBA selection, uh, first team, second team, and third team, 12-time All-Defensive team selection. Uh, NBA All-Rookie team, NBA Slam Dunk Contest champion, 34 times he was a player of the month. Uh NBA regular season records and da 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 da. Yeah. This is a bunch of quite the resume here. Uh, yeah, third most forty point games, one hundred thirty five. Third most fifty point games, twenty six. Second most sixty point games was six. Uh, I had some other notes down here. He holds many NBA records. Uh. Dude, like, I have probably eight pages worth of stats alone. I don't really want to go through them all. I'm going to say, if you want a good time, Google Kobe Bryant records, stats, and accomplishments. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I could read these for days. I'm just going to pick out the good ones. Um, Hang on a second. I love I love having a computer that's lagging when we're trying to fucking um only player in NBA history to retire two jersey numbers with a single franchise uh all the records just records galore Lakers records NBA records uh so quite the resume. I'm not gonna get into all the. I didn't realize I had this many fucking records and accomplishments um, <clears throat> as I continue to scroll down. Um, his sal. I have his salary over seasons. It starts out, you know, x amount of million. Then he's in double digit millions, and then by the time he gets to the o five o six season, it's like fifteen million. A season, and then it's like twenty-five million a season, and then it's like thirty million a season. Uh, he has all these endorsement deals that we talked about. Uh, Nike, you know, he signed a forty million dollar contract with Nike. Uh, his Nike deal expired uh, April thirteenth of this year, twenty twenty-one. Vanessa Bryant ended, since she's in charge of the Kobe Bryant estate, ended the deal with Nike, so no more Kobe shoes. Uh, that's going to suck. Uh, I have some money, some more money stats for you here. Bryant had the NBA's highest salary for six straight seasons to end his career. The combination of his Lakers salary and his endorsement deals peaked at $62 million. Nike was his most lucrative partner 
When he retired from the NBA in 2016, his career earnings from playing salary and endorsements totaled $680 million. Wow, that's impressive. That's a lot of cocaine and hookers. <laughs> I reckon. Holy crap. The only athletes to top Kobe Bryant were three stars from individual sports. Tiger Woods, Floyd Mayweather, and Michael Schumacher. Kobe was not the only person to benefit from Kobe Bryant, though. The owners of the Lakers, the Buss family, rank among the biggest beneficiaries of, M- of the NBA's Star's popularity. The team's 20-year, $4 billion TV deal at Time Warner in 2011 pushed annual operating profits north of $100 million. The value of the team was around $200 million when Kobe was drafted in 96 and is now worth over $4 billion today. That's right, Kobe Bryant. I was Bryant. just getting ready to mention that you need to play. I was just getting ready to hit it. Yeah. Kobe. <clears throat> so uh, we're getting ready to start winding it down soon. Um, Kobe took a team worth $200 million. I can't believe that. Worth $200 fucking million, Kurt. And now it's worth over $4 billion. Dollars. Uh, before we wrap up here, start to wrap up, we need to plug another sponsor. So, uh, check out Main Street Designs LLC in Jasper, Indiana. Uh, they're a small business that specializes in laser engraving and direct garment printing. They can fab up anything you want, vinyl decals for personalized items or your business. Uh, like them on Facebook, look them up on Facebook or give them a phone call at 812-661-7765 or 812-661-7488. That is Main Street Designs LLC in beautiful Dubois County in Jasper, Indiana. They still have offered to do us a logo and I need to get back with them on that. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to discount that. So... As we're winding down here, uh, Kobe's earned everything he's ever had. Uh, I don't see a lot of Kobe haters. I don't see a lot of Kobe detractors. You see him with guys like LeBron and Steph Curry, Kawhi, Carmelo, CP3, Kyrie, uh, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant. But Kobe seems to be the guy that gets the pass with that. So, that being said... uh, I'm going to end this here as far as the notes go, and then we're going to freestyle a little bit. Uh, What I'm going to end with with the notes is uh, a quote I borrowed from one of the writers on one of the Lakers beat writers, and I don't remember where I found this link. It's just like I said, you know, we have so many different outfits that I've pulled information from. So to this beat writer, Sorry, I'm not plagiarizing your shit. I'm quoting you. I forgot. But uh, before I read the quote, I'm going to say uh, Kobe's up there in heaven, hooping out in the clouds. Uh, you know, none of us personally knew him, but the impact he had on basketball, it had on our lives. 
uh, my childhood, my teen years and years past. Uh, it just kind of hurts to see a guy like this no longer with us. So, absolutely, you know, one of the greatest of all time. He does belong on Mount Rushmore. Hot take, hot yeah. take, hot take. I agree with that. So, too. before we freestyle, I'm going to go ahead and read this quote here because I, I, I just this was the perfect way to end this, and I really want to encapsulate this. So. On the court, his name became synonymous with success to the point that people of all ages would yell, Kobe, when their shot was on target or sometimes even off target. Off the court, he became a symbol of discipline and determination and strove to lead others to a higher level. He began a second career as a storyteller, but his life itself was an epic tale bordering on myth. Though that life was tragically cut short, Kobe Bryant's legacy will live on because legends never die. die. So, going to go ahead and just let this play for a second. This never gets old. Kevin Harlan should be the only one allowed to say Kobe. Wait. Wait for it. This took a lot of work to edit this together. Yeah. I almost cut out all the gaps in the audio. <laughs> Bring it on, Kobe, baby. Okay. So, Kurt, now as I go down to look, we're at two minutes, and, or two minutes, two hours, 45 minutes. So now I go down to look at my notes. Uh, you didn't really contribute a lot. You were excited to do the Kobe episode, but I kind of I was worried that you weren't really engaged and you were just bored. But as I look in your eyes, I think you were more just impressed with learning more about yes, Kobe. Yes, absolutely. Uh, um, like I told you, I mean, basketball's of, not your forte. You know, a ton of respect for Kobe Bryant, what he did on and off the court. But I wasn't a Kobe follower, so to speak. I mean, like, especially as later years. I mean, you had your own personal sports right, weren't on your right. Uh, what do you think about his impact and his contribution to basketball? Oh, well. How many it, kids I mean, did he? The resume would speak for itself. I mean. Yeah, it would. I mean, that, that could do all he's talking right there. Uh, I mean, I could go stat season by season stats. So that's just a lot of information, and I don't need to. Well, Kobe I mean, was, it speaks for itself. Yes, I mean, if you yeah. want to go find the information, Go find it. It's a lot. Not that I don't want to give it to you, but we would sit here for another two hours right, if we'd go right. season by season and list every accomplishment. Right. Unreal. Uh, a good ambassador for basketball. Huh? So here's where I'm going to put you in the hot seat a little bit here for a few minutes. Where does Kobe Bryant rank all time, all do you time. think? Well... I mean, top 10, top 5, top 25, oh, top 100. Well, definitely the top 10, and I'm going to even venture to say top 5. Ooh, that's a hot take. Hot I mean, take. Well, just like we just said, the resume, his resume speaks for itself. Um, okay. I mean, it, it just the fact that the clutch moments. And he had so many of them. Yeah. And he, so many and he welcomed them. them. I mean, that was... It's a rare breed of. Somebody. It's a rare breed of player. Prodigy. 
Definitely prodigy. Prodigy. I mean. Okay. So are you down for some word association? You always seem to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now remember, I don't limit you to one word. I mean, you got to kind of keep it brief, but right. don't think about it. Just first thing that comes out. Kobe Bryant. Uh, great. The passing of Kobe Bryant. Tragic. Mount Rushmore basketball. Uh, definitely belongs on them. Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> that great organization. Best Laker of all time. Kobe Bryant. Wow. Hot take. Sorry, Kareem. Sorry, Magic. Wow. Sorry, sorry Worthy. Man. I didn't see that coming out of you. Wait, one more. Let me make sure I heard that right. Yeah. Greatest Laker of all time. Kobe Bryant. Holy fuck. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no disrespect to any of them. Any of them, but Wow. I mean, even Wilt was the first one to really capture a bunch of people. You know, they're, but Kobe just took. Not only Kobe he, took not, it there. Not only in the States, but everywhere Kobe Bryant was known. And, and, you know? Yeah. Uh, greatest Laker, yeah. Kobe Bryant's legacy. Legend. I can go with that. Okay, so uh, that wraps up. Uh, we'll we'll finish up with our closing here, but that pretty much will be it for Kobe Bryant. Uh, miss you, the, the Mamba. Miss you, dog. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest man. in peace. The uh, the life, the times, the career, the legacy of Kobe it, Bryant. It, it was one of those guys where I was looking forward to the future and see what he did you i'm know, telling you i believe wholeheartedly he would have been an nba coach i think he would have been in it he would either been a office. coach or he would have been working he would have yeah. been a general manager yeah yeah for sure now can you imagine with magic being one of the team presidents or whatever for the lakers and then kobe is the coach those two guys that brain trust right there a lot of iq right there folks. genie and jerry bus brother and sister you know working together Magic's in charge and Kobe's the coach. Do you imagine Kobe? Do you imagine Kobe coaching LeBron James right now? <laughs> Seriously, yeah, then, can you imagine Kobe coaching LeBron? LeBron would win four fucking straight championships. The force. Uh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so. What are we going to do next week? Well, I have an idea. All right. So. Name of our podcast? Uh, scoreboard. Uh, Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Steel Toes and Scoreboards, because we talk about dominated by sports, but we talk about other stuff. So if you remember in the beginning when we did this, I said I wanted to bang out a bunch of sports episodes. Right. And then on the scoreboard side, then maybe we'd do a Steel Toe episode. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the option. Do you want to do another sports episode, or do you want to do something for – one week here on the steel toe side of things where it's not sports related. And then I will choose us a topic. Let's stick with the sports right, right now. You want to do another sports yeah, let's episode? Do sports. Cause I mean, Cause I was all about, I was already going to hammer it out and go, let's talk about our marriages and how they failed and let's get into that. But fuck. I, I, don't, I mean, cause I don't it was, I'm ready. Well, but, I mean, somebody brought that to my I attention know, at work the other day. Yeah, like, 
So you you want to do I, sports? I, I, I thought about it now. And I just maybe we won't get into that just yeah, yet. Yeah. I mean, you done heard part of my shit in my personal episodes. Good content. <laughs> I appreciate that. You uh, you you text me some uh, sad mumbo jumbo. Let me know you loved me. <laughs> so which I mean, hey, and hey, I mean, I love you too, dog. I really do. You're you're my one of my best friends. My co-host, I could not do this show without you. So um, I, I didn't feel as though I contributed much tonight. Well, I, hey, you know, that, I, was, I think what gets me sometimes is on the episodes when you're not as engaged. I, I always used to worry that you just weren't involved with it. But then I look over at, across the table from me when I'm talking into the mic and I see it in your face and like you're hooked on what I'm saying. Like yeah. you're like you're being educated. You like it. Yeah, I do. For sure. So. I remember I'm an old. I'm an analog man. I'm an analog man. <laughs> That's right. So I get to pick the topic, huh? Yeah. We're going to stick with sports, huh? Yeah, I say do some more sports. I want to know what we should do. We did basketball this week. We did baseball last week. We did, we did Tiger. Um, I mean, we, which we don't really follow in any fucking. Right. It'd be, order. Not, it'd be nice if we had some followers that would give us you know i think if we start to get which let's pick it up you know our we're getting downloads every day now and one day two weeks ago we had an outlier where we had like 15 downloads in a day uh two of the episodes were uh well two of the three episodes that were highly downloaded was uh kurt playing commissioner for major league baseball and then the Tiger episode, so they like that. Um, I don't know. Kurt, I got it. All right. And I lied to you, too. So I've narrowed it down to three options. And just to play devil's advocate, since I'm an asshole, I'm going to make you pick it. Okay. So I've decided... Since we've only done one football episode, and that was the week where you weren't available, and I thought maybe you weren't going to be doing this with me anymore, I'm ready to do a football episode. Yeah. But to keep you engaged, we're going to cover your Pittsburgh Steelers. Now. Okay. You're like, okay, well, how do I pick this then? What are you talking about? I'm going to give you an option of what exactly on the Steelers we're going to cover. So we can cover the 2008 Super Bowl. Steelers versus Cardinals, which is one of my all-time favorite Super Bowls. San Antonio Holmes' beautiful catch. Yes. We can do an episode where you pick five and I pick five and we pick the top ten Steelers of all time. Okay. All right. Or we could talk about each team had was dominated by a decade. You know, the Cowboys in the 90s, right. 49ers in the right. 80s, Steelers in the 70s. So... The last option would be the Steelers' dominance of the 1970s era. So you can pick 70s-era Steelers, Super Bowl versus Cardinals, or top 10 Steelers of all time. Uh, well, that's tough there. I like it all. Uh, let's do the top 10. Top 10 Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah. yeah. How do you want to do that? You want to pick five, and I'll pick yeah. five, and we'll compare our notes there you go. later in the week? I mean, go ahead. We'll go ahead and pick ten each. Yeah, we'll do our top five. Okay, yeah. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. We both pick ten, and then we'll we'll narrow it down. So we'll narrow the twenty down to ten. Yeah. 
Yeah. We can do that. I'll pick 10, you pick 10, and we'll compare. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of, we're going to have the same guys. To be, to be fair about this, so I don't come into this episode ill-prepared, uh, over the course of this next week, you're going to have to get me your list within a few days. I'll All give right. you my list, and then... You know, I won't be back to work till hopefully Wednesday, knock on wood, with this foot injury. But uh, through text or whatever at work, and then once we get the list narrowed down, then I'll, I'll start the research. I'll have it by Monday, I'll bet you. Well, fuck. I mean, you ain't going to kick me out, are you? It's 1130 at night. No, I ain't going to kick you out. Well, fuck. We could start working on it right now. <laughs> I mean, what else are we going to do? You're a night owl just like me. Yeah. Yeah, I am a night owl. I mean, I might, my fat ass might eat some more pizza. But. That's fine. So the top ten Steelers of all time. That's I pick ten, you pick ten. Yeah. We narrow it down from twenty to ten. Yeah. Shout out to Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your all time favorite Steeler? If you had to pick one. If you had to just pick Troy one guy. Palomalo. Troy Palomalo. Yes. The flying Hawaiian or whatever yeah. they call him. Dude, I tell you what, that hair fucked him. God, them guys used to grab that hair and throw him down. But, Boy, he was a hard-hitting, intimidating son of a bitch. And was never out of position. Ever. I mean, just he's one of the players, the impact players that changed the momentum of a game on one snap. So I guess this would be the part where you asked me if I had to pick one. Yeah. Just one, right? right just and you one. followed Paul Mall off pretty quick. So I have to go Jack Lambert. <laughs> I'm not a Steelers guy. You high five me. You can't. People can't I mean, see this, but he high five me. Well, for, for one, I'm glad you picked on the defense because I think that's what wins championships ultimately. I've said that in every sport. What yeah, wins championships? Defense. Defense. Well, in baseball, I'm always going to say pitching, it's pitching, pitching but and pitching and defense. But right. uh, football, I, I I like them old school defensive teams. The eighty. I'm not a Bears fan. The Steel's curtain. 85 Bears. 85 Bears. God, who was all on that 85 Bears? Uh, Richard S- Dent. Singletary. Dent. McMichael. Uh, Steve Mongo McMichael. Uh, WCW Zone. Wilbur Marshall. Uh, I just hear Richard Dent. I mean, uh, yeah. no offense to Mike Singletary. He was a great linebacker. He was okay as a Wilbur, coach. Wilbur Marshall was on that team. Great linebacker. All I remember is before the Super Bowl, Jim McMahon mooning the fucking – TV yeah. chopper that can't yeah, remember that yeah, he pulled yeah. his pants down and showed his broken ass. That was that's my idea of football. I mean, it, the teams that give up the yards are grudging. That was two years before I was born. I was born August of '87. I'm an old fart. You're an analog man. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this ep. This was without a doubt our longest episode to date. We are at two hours and fifty five minutes, so almost three hours. I figured it'd run that way. Covering the lifetimes, career, and unfortunately the tragic end of uh, one of the top five. Yeah. He's in my top five of all time. He's in my one of my top five. Kurt accused me of being a Lakers fan all time. You know what? You know what? what? I'm going to put this issue to rest. I have not picked a team since I started, since I got back into basketball about nine, ten years ago. And I've said it in this episode. I've said it to everybody. What got me back into basketball was watching what Derrick Rose was doing in that season for the Bulls. And I love watching the Pacers play. I consider myself a Pacers fan. But when it came to basketball, I was more so a fan of of other players and not just teams. But you know what? I'm always going to consider my Pacers 
I'm always going to consider myself to be a fan of the Pacers. They're my second team. So you know what? Fucking hot take. I'm going to put this issue to rest. You call me a Lakers fan, and right now, 11.30-something at night on July 3rd, before I am a fucking Lakers fan. I am a Los Angeles Lakers fan. I'll fucking put it to rest. I've hit it. You know, didn't say much for you. I'm a Lakers fan. I love the Lakers. I love the Indianapolis Colts. I love the Philadelphia Phillies and Nashville Predators. I love IU basketball. I like Duke basketball. When it comes to college football, my favorite team is the only team in NCAA known by one letter, and that is the U, the University of Miami Hurricanes, baby. Uh, I'm a Lakers fan. Fuck it. I said it. It's out there. I mean, that's a good pick. Yeah. For sure. You accuse me, I get accused by my best friends all the time. So I'm Adam Sweet. It'll take you days to listen to it. He only listens to our podcast on the way to work and way home. (laughs) I said, why? He goes, I need something to keep me awake. (laughs) I said, do you ever listen to it at night at home? He goes, when I have trouble falling asleep. I said, you're a dick. (laughs) That's our boss. But uh, there you go, Adam. I'm coming out of the closet as a Lakers fan. I've said it. But I'm always going to hold the Pacers in my heart. I am a Lakers fan. It's done. All right. <laughs> and uh, rest in peace to probably the greatest Laker yeah, of all time. Agreed. Uh, sorry, Magic. Sorry, Kareem. Sorry, everybody. Kobe Bryant, the Black Mamba, Mamba mentality. We never met you. None of your fans. A lot of us never met you, but we love you, dog. We miss you. And I know you're hooping it up there in heaven. Probably playing basketball with Tupac right now. Probably. Tupac was a hell of a pickup game artist. That's what I hear. But, uh, all right, guys. So, uh, shout out once again to all of our official, unofficial sponsors. Uh, Nana's Aromas, LLC, Glary Guitars, Deer 30 Mineral, and Main Street Designs, LLC. Join us next week as we cover Kurt's favorite team. As I look over to my right shoulder and see his Pittsburgh. You guys got to see us. He's got an entire Pittsburgh Steelers wall. Here we go, Steelers. You know why that terrible towel gets brought to games, right? Uh, Wipe your ass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> all right, guys. We will see you next week. Check us out on Facebook, Steel Toes and Scoreboards. We love you guys. Thanks for your listening. Uh, spread the word about our podcast, and we will see you guys later.